all day. This is Walter Simonson for 11 O'Clock Comics. Tune in. This is Louise Simonson for 11 O'Clock Comics. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Oh, I feel like I've sucking now. heard that one time before this evening. Deja vu, right? Deja vu. It's like a boomerang. Oh, look at you with the Instagram chatter. Or a woohoomerang. Oh, <laughs> creativity. I love it. Sucky, sucky now. <laughs> uh, I have been looking forward to this episode for two days. <laughs> mm. Man, I feel like it's been 30 minutes since I talked to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been talking to y'all. Nobody's going to get that, but who cares? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long damn day. Amen, my brother. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Rick Remender. Huh. What about him? He's on my TV screen right now. Oh, you, wa- you watching that Kirkman thing? Yeah. My dude. No, it's on mute, though. I can just see in the pictures. Right. Okay. But, I seriously uh, have to check that out. It's been fascinating because every episode's been totally different, which is pretty cool. Um, but they've, they've, as a result, been of varying degrees of interest to me. Yeah, same. The hmm. Stan Lee Kirby one I thought was cool because it was fair, but also, and I know you guys discussed it uh, when I decided to leave the show. I'm back now. We brought you back, though. Hey, what's up? Um, I thought that that ad episode was terrific, but I, it really didn't cover any new ground for me because mm-hmm. we'd covered that stuff with like Sean House book and all that good stuff. Um, then the second issue episode, rather, was about Wonder Woman and the freak show creator, right? And that to me was boring AF. I, I thought I that was that just was absolutely terrible. Um, it was, it was mind numbing, mind numbingly bad. Um, Why is but, that? Uh, it just was. They they reenacted it. It was as if it was written in, and probably was written and directed. I have a sense each of these is probably created by a different group of people. Um, it was it was treated like a, 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 dram- a dramatization. Most of it was told through a narrator, and we were actually seeing like him pitching the book or teaching his classes at college or interacting oh. with his wife and his girlfriend, and it. But but as though we were going back in time. Mm-hmm. So it felt almost like a bad lifetime movie. Uh, um, or the Hallmark channel. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. treated like a factual. It, the, the, the other episodes, including the, the other, including, so three of the four have been more of, okay, here's this expert or this celebrity who happened to love this stuff or this creator talking or being interviewed about an anecdote related to the topic at hand. So, ah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, the Wonder Woman was different. Probably because most of the constituents are dead. But, um, so yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's been pretty nice. It's one of those shows that it's been a pleasant surprise. I, uh, I it seems like it didn't get a lot of press, but uh, hmm. like leading up to it. But so far, wow. so good. But you know what's not mind-numbingly boring? With this eleven o'clock comics episode mm-hmm. five hundred and ten. Of- Book of the Month Club. Yes, sir. And I am, what do you know, Vince B. Oh, 
the orphans be. I am unhorsed. Actually, I am David A. Price. <laughs> mm-hmm. Indeed you are, and I am the star of this evening's Book of the Month show. I'm Alan Zelenitz. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> oh, but you're not, Alan Zelenitz. Wah, wah, wah. You're Jason. No, you're Jason Wood. What up? Everybody's here. Hashtag Everybody Morgan. is Kung Fu Oh, you know who else is here? Because I just got this text. Who oh. is? Huge, huge, massive. Major congratulations. Mazel tov to all three involved. Flip and Jess and brand new, new to this world, and soon to be listener, Jay Mateo Gar- Jay Mateo Garza is here. Aww. That's great. Congratulations. Everybody. Good on them. That's nice. Everybody's doing good. Everybody's fine. Everybody's doing I see a picture. It is a, he's so adorable. But yes, yes that, 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 that's fantastic news. No, that's great. Apparently, that's great. I know they were ready. They were definitely yes. ready. Oh, he's been. He's just. Oh God, he has been. Everything they do, it's like. Oh, you're going out to dinner. Maybe the food will cause it to have. It, we're we're going to go to the park. Maybe the ducks will. Everything that they could do, he was just like. Oh God, he's crossing his fingers. Please, today just be the day. So, What's that baby mm-hmm. about twelve pounds? Because he's been in there a long time, right? <laughs> yeah, been cooking for a while. <laughs> oh, that's nice. And you know what? While we're at it, we oh, should also ahead. congratulate uh, Jonathan Gordon. That oh, is, you just took the words out of my mouth. And his lovely wife. Um, yes. That's going to be great. They are expecting. They're they are. First together. He's so happy. Makes me happy how happy they are. He is all happy and stuff. Justifiably really? so. She's a beautiful woman. She's yes. a very beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he does it, man. He he's he and Flippa. Yeah. Well, yeah, Flippa's wife's gorgeous, too. Yep. Yep. So congratulations to everybody. I know. That's right. Multiple generations of the EOC. We got to get them little, little baby jumpers that say, my daddy listens to EOC and made me, too. You know what we gotta do? What? We gotta add. We gotta add some onesies up under Threadless. Oh, yes! onesies would be awesome. Do they do onesies? <laughs> we'll have to see. Oh, I'll be on that. Overnight. You know what? When you upload that, when you upload the design that you were <laughs> no on, shit. Check it out. Check it out. If there's one. All right, smartass. <laughs> yeah, that's real funny. Hashtag Morgan Moo was right. Um, <laughs> I got deaf. Losing this month. Yeah. Special. It's been six months in the making. You dick. <laughs> That's all you are. Everybody's white hands. Dude, if they have onesies, I will do it overnight. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay. Respect. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> 11o'clockcomics.threadless.com for those looking for some merch. That's right. That's right. Um, so do we have any thank yous before we move on to the drinky roll call? Yes. Okay, what it is. I have a thank you to Mr. Peter Drummond. Why? Because he hit me up on the messengers today and said, Woodrow, do you have a 1980s vintage beachhead action figure? Which I thought was an awesome question because that means that he's such an OG, which we know he is, but that he remembered that uh, beachhead is my favorite G.I. Joe character. And I said, unfortunately, I do not. And then he hit me back in seconds and said, you do now. He, I guess, came across one and thought of me and ever so thoughtfully bought it for me and uh, sending it my way. So huge, huge, 
Huge Merry New Year to Mr. Drummond and Happy Holidays. It's so awesome. Now, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm really uh-huh. not. So tell me if I am. But out of all the super cool Joes that could have been your favorite, why did right? you go with Beachhead? You, do you have an I affinity like for okay. sailors or what is it? <laughs> Wait. What? No. What do you, I mean, what do you mean? No. Beachhead is the one with the parrot, right? No, dude. That's shipwreck. That's shipwreck. Oh, okay. <laughs> F is Beach the matter with you, the, dude. The, you should get face. your EOC revoked for not knowing the difference between Beachhead and Shipwreck. But that's G.I. Joe. We're not talking Transformers here. We're talking the, oh, my God, dude. He's uh, he's the badass. He's got the, the mask. It's all gray, the gray camo. Oh, okay. And, all right. That's okay. Yeah, yeah good. So I like that's, his look that's better than Shipwreck. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Shipwreck's pretty dope, too, though. I can't front. I mean... <laughs> You're not going to hear me utter a bad word about him either. I mean, he was one of the well, centerpieces of the cartoon. Yep, shipwreck. Yes. <laughs> and I'm 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 a fan of any dude who 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 rolls his sleeves up. So <laughs> I just I, I like that look myself. But uh, check your uh, check your Skypes real quick. That that link I sent y'all. All right, Skype. Good radio right here. One second. Yep. This episode of Tom of Finland has been brought to you by. That's a good time to do <gasps> the introduction. Oh boy, onesies. Get cracking, Vince. I Get cracking, Vince. I will do that. And uh, you know who's mm. always cracking? Who this is? Discount Comic Book Service, Crack a Lackin'. They oh. can get you everything you want in the previews at a fraction of the cover price. Mm-hmm. It's true. DCBService.com. Go there, and you will be amazed at just how much money you can save. For example, oh, the list of oh. specials is not up yet. Damn. Yeah, we're in the gray area. It's it's Getting my previews tomorrow, though. Winding down the end of the month, lucky bastard, and uh, they, we don't know what's going to be massively discounted, but rest assured, when we do finally see the, the roll call of books you can get at super special discounts, they will all be plentiful and numerous. Wumba. Yeah. Oh, yes. DCBService.com. Just go there, and you're going to save a lot. As um, that little Charlie Brown Christmas tree illustrated, you can get 16 books for the price everybody's paying for eight. See that you heard. and it's it's been a um it's it's meta. My 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 comment is in reference to a comment I made earlier in the week. Yeah. Sure. No, I know. Not I just I just want to make sure that it, it, it's it's not funny when you have to explain a joke, but I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping. I'm hoping <laughs> there is a uh I'm I'm hoping there's an opening for me to say the same thing uh, within the next day or two. So it's just something that it's going to be my thing. So I'm hoping that it becomes your thingamajig. Oh, you know, when you say things like hoping, it makes one think you're, you've already been getting your drink on. So I have to ask, what are you drinking? Oh, okay. Well, you know, it, it it feels like I've been drinking for, for about 40, 45 minutes already. (laughs) Uh, just because I'm having so much fun with you guys. Of course. Uh, but I, um, I was for for tonight's book of the month. I, I was planning on doing something special at uh, a nice um, Natch. Uh, a nice Norse drink, uh, some some Nordic red wine infused with with, with spices uh, called Hedda. But it, it's usually um, you have to heat it up, and I didn't feel like dealing with all that. It's like cheer wine or something. No, no, no. It is. It's 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 not pop. It's uh. It, it's just it's. Wait, cheer wine is pop. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's soda. For real? Yes. No, I had no idea. 
Yes, it is. Uh, which is why we never really drink it when we go down there because we're staying off the sodas. But uh, what I am drinking tonight is something that I haven't had before. I um, I figured I'd give it a shot because it's got a 92 points from Wine Enthusiast because that's how I always make my choices. Yeah. Uh, this is um, Sur de los Andes Malbec Cabernet Sauvignon Blend uh, Selected Vineyards at the Foothills of the Andes at 3,500 feet. And it is... Uh, it is an actual 50-50 blend, and it is pretty damn tasty. Hmm. Now, did you get that at Wawa? I did not get it at Wawa. I did not get it at uh, at at, uh, at Publix or Harris Teeter. I had to go actually to my local liquor store to get it. Damn, it's the big, that's the good stuff. It is. What are you drinking? Dude, I'm drinking something that's going to warm your heart. Oh. Oh, yes. maybe Vince should go. Maybe the best for last. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Vince. Diet Pepsi. Bruh. <laughs> a flagon. It's in a flagon, though. Oh, all right. So at least it's Who's leaving the show now? <laughs> Hashtag smartass. My Jesus. goodness. Look at the month, dude. I know, oh, right? People have been loving the new wine tipsy Vince. I, I didn't have a whole lot of time to get to the, the wine place after work. And mm. I... I supped a little too much mead last episode, and I was not feeling the greatest the next day. A bottle should last you two episodes, dude. Yeah. You don't have to finish a bottle in, in it. Especially the big magnums you get. You do not have to finish that in one episode. I yeah, like to, if cool. the bottle's as big as my forearm, I like it. Uh-huh. If it's smaller red, than my forearm, red wine. Stay close to me. So what are you drinking, Jason? So, as I said, this is something that's going to warm your, your, your heart. It is something that you... Brought to my home Ooh. when you visited. It is Renee. Stave and Steel Bourbon Barrel Aged Cabernet Sauvignon. Wow. And it is How? damn tasty. Yes. It's delicious. Oh man, it is. It's it's one of it, it's it's near the top of my faves when it comes to the the bourbon the bourbon barrel barrel aged. Nice. Wines. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and lot. dude, the, the bottle's like it's like a like a ten pound bottle, like the it's like super thick, dark clouded glass. I mean, it is it is hefty. It is substantive. Only mm. the worthy can have to. Yes. So much wow. love to you. We are on much a love roll. to you and Renee for the gift. Oh. Now was this? I forget. Did you bring this to me for our summer get together or for the New York Comic Con? I think this may have been this may have been New York Comic Con because okay. oh no, you know what? I because I know you had the liquor on lock for, for the get together. Um, right. and I know we brought something for Beth. Actually, I think, well, Renee brought the mums for Beth. Uh, true. it could have been either, or you've been aging it nicely. So I'm, I, I can't be upset. It, it's, um, it, it could have, because I think maybe when Daniel and I went to the liquor store, I might've picked it up and Daniel came over with us. So it, it's, it's weird. It's, it's hard for me to remember right now. Okay. Well, as you know, there's subtle spice meets signature Cabernet flavors of vanilla and ripe dark berries. <laughs> So, I do, sir. Speaking of Daniel White, it has been a hoot hearing him as the pleb, as the plebe on uh, No Apologies. <laughs> May his reign continue forever, forever and ever. Yes. Well, I think he's already kicked off. <laughs> he got just, kicked off for uh, for deigning to dislike Justice League. That's just Daryl being salty. 
No, Daryl wasn't on the episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. But anyway, uh, if you haven't noticed already, this is our Book of the Month Club episode featuring Walt Simonson's Thor, specifically issues 337 to 345. 337 was his first of a massive stint on this book, but as Jason said in the back of my brain not too long ago, this was not the (laughs) first time that Walt Simonson had tackled the God of Thunder. That's correct. In, it, in way back in 1977, so I was a, a babe and Vince was driving. Um, driving? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was 12 in 77. Yeah, yeah, well, you're, yeah, like, no, you're like a Sicilian sure. thug. You were like probably yeah. driving, running, running, running numbers. Yeah. <laughs> What you guys did when you were yeah. like young, young, young rugrats running around? Because that's right? all us Sicilians do is like, yeah, of course, counter the no, law. No, but um, 1977, <clears throat> Thor issue number 260, the vicious and the valiant uh, Walt took over as penciler, and it was written by Len Wein, and Walt was inked uh, back then by Mister Tony De Zuniga, and his run ran from 260. Through 271, so a year. He had essentially a year on the book. Um, and throughout the whole run, he was, uh, Len was the writer, Tony uh, inked him, and then uh, Glynis Ween, who I assume is Len's wife, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, was the colorist, and Joe Rosen was the letterer. And um, in a shout out to C.B. Sibolsky, you know who the editor was? Len Ween. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got caught eating. What is he, what is he I, got, I, he's eating, I was drinking, dude. He's eating a whoopie pie over there. I was drinking. Where'd Holy you get shit. a whoopie pie? I wish I had a whoopie pie. Yeah, now, a whoopie pie now awesome. also, um, in our intro, uh, I introduced myself as Alan Zelenitz. And that is, of course, because Mr. Zelenitz has the dubious honor of being that guy who wrote Thor before Walt Simonson. Yep. Uh, and those weren't. I I don't know if you. I I had I had no memory of those issues, but I I did go back and read the two issues before the start of the run out of curiosity. And they were perfectly fine. I mean, they were fodder for the time. It wasn't like it wasn't as if Thor was at some creative nadir. No, it just was. It was in the it was in the same vein of a lot of books at the time where Thor was not one of Marvel's more popular characters. Um, and it was just kind of doing its thing. It was just there every month and it didn't have a lot of buzz. And many books spend a lot of their time without a lot of buzz. It was just an inventory book. So no disrespect to Zelenitz. And uh, Vince, what do you, what, what would you say Mr. Zelenitz's most famous comic book related uh, credit would be? Jeez. Oh, come on. <sighs> Co-creator of? You got Alien me. Legion. Alien Legion. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. See, I always right. I always yes. go with the uh the other creator of Alien Legion. Yeah. Well, either way, um I believe right. Mr. Yeah. Zelnitz is now doing uh he's a professor, and I believe he's also a uh in the performing arts, I believe he is a producer and, and playwright. Wow. So. Look at that. Mm-hmm. 
I think the only thing that Simonson carried over from the Zelenitz uh, run was the fact that Thor, I don't want to say spurned, but he told Sif, cool it, I'm going to stay on Earth. Sif you later. Yeah, you go yeah. back to As- Asgard, and uh, we can't have this. He's like, I love that ass, but I'm not about that ass guard. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> Low-hanging fruit. But anyway, um, as Jason told you, Simonson was inked by Tony DiZuniga on that previous run. But the special, one of the special things about his later magnum opus run on Thor was it's almost... A singular vision. Almost. Almost. Simonson writes it. He pencils it. Almost exclusively inks it. If almost. not for, what is it, one or two issues that were inked by Terry Austin? And and at least as far as the collections that we're reading tonight, yeah. Because I right. know that, um, I believe Bob Wyatt checking them at some point as well. But it, yeah, it's, yeah, there were, too. right. So, um, which was, I'm thinking, may have just been... Um, Deadline issues because uh, he inked himself on Manhunter, which just backups. I mean, they were short stories, but I mean, for a long time, I just know Walt as penciling and inking his own work. So it's it was um, it's. Right. I, like I said, I think it's, it was probably just making sure that the issue got out on time. And Simonson's visuals were amped up immeasurably by the presence of one man. John. Oh Work- yes, John Workman. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, I hesitate to think what this run would have been like had John Workman not lettered it. Because well, the, the the presence of Workman, like I said, whether it's the the rep, rep, repetition of the doom or just the way Workman approaches dialogue boxes, uh, narrative boxes and, and balloons, it, he has a very unique approach to lettering and right. that was that was the thing with this run was it was unique from the get-go this did not absolutely this did not feel like every other marvel book on the stand and I, and I think it got a lot of press because of that it was uh it was something very very different you can feel it in in the in the storyline it was at one on one hand, it was extremely complex. A lot of different characters going around. Well, it Norse mythology's teeming with characters, mm-hmm. and and Walt brought that to this. But on the other hand, it's very challenging graphically. A lot of the panels, at first glance, are difficult to decipher until you let them sink in. And I think a lot of that is the coloring. The original coloring. This has been mm. remastered. Oh yeah, this is yeah, which is not always for the better. And right. as far as I'm concerned, right. I haven't seen the omnibus, which I believe was recolored by Steve Olaf. I think you might be right. Yeah, uh, haven't seen that, but it is on my Amazon wish list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it is. Um, but I remember just to frame the whole thing back in the day. I read Thor begrudgingly. I got I got all the Marvel books, and the two that I would read first because I didn't care what happened more or less was Thor and Captain America. Mm-hmm. I would Captain America for decades languished in just 
monotonous, boring. Yeah, there were. I mean, it it's it was yeah. After the stern burn stuff, there wasn't much going on, and then you had uh, you had Mateus and 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 Mike Zek, which I enjoyed a lot, and then um, and then Paul Neary came on as as penciler for a bit, and and then um, I guess you had things like Cap Wolf and stuff, but it was. Uh, there was the mid eighties. It was as, as, as big a fans we are with the bronze age stuff. You know, you had, you had Walt on Thor, you had Frank on daredevil. You had, um, you just, there were, um, you had Cockrum and then, and then Ramita jr. On, on, uh, on the X-Men, Paul Smith, you had, uh, you had Spidey, which the Spidey group had JR, JR, and then Ron Friends, which looked fantastic because it brought you back to the Ditko days. Um, but nothing was, to, just to give you an idea just how different a time was, nothing was relaunched. There were no new number ones. This wasn't no. a new direction. It, it, Walt didn't, and Walt didn't erase it wasn't scorched earth. He, he he didn't come in and say, "This is what I'm doing." There was no, there was no JMS or Fraction type approach to it. It was it was you know I mean he you'll you'll see in this collection that you know, especially specifically I mean yeah with 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 Fan for the Dragon but specifically with Balder who was who was in hell you know back in the two hundred somethings and it was like and and Walt references that and 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 thank God for mm-hmm. footnotes but it's it's it you know Walt picked up things that he didn't retell anything. He just, he says, listen, this is, this is part of Thor's history. I'm going to use what I can use to, to tell the story I want to tell. And it, it was just, it was issue 337 is when it started. It's like, you know, but back then that was, you just had artists, creators, writers come on and, and tell the story based, you know, wherever they landed in, in the ongoing title. Right. And the the funny thing is, the questionable outcome of whether or not Thor would wield his hammer lasts one issue. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. this, there's the setup, and then there's the big will he or won't he, and then from every issue after that, the status quo kind of splits. It goes back to the way it was, more or less with Thor being, you know, Odin's boy, he's still Thor, and then Beta Ray Bill becomes a Thor. So, but they played it up in the press from what I could remember. The first two issues was like, nothing's ever going to be the same again. You, well, you, you see that with the with the first, with, with Walt's first issue, he destroys the logo, he destroys right. the masthead. It, right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. and, and, he, and he's wearing... Even on on the first two covers, Bill's basically wearing Thor's clothes, and right. even even in the comic though, when he gets the power that Odin grants his hammer, it, it, it's still inside the book. He, he's not really wearing exactly Thor's clothes, so no. it, it was um, the, 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 which was fine for for covers. I mean, that was fine. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I I didn't. Back then, I didn't look at the cover and go, well, this is bullshit. It's not in the book. It, it was, I, I just basically, at, at, in some cases, the cover was basically the first panel of, of the issue. So, I mean, I was, I was fine with the way they did things back then. Um, but what I, I kind of didn't remember rereading this 
is that by Odin giving Bill his hammer and granting Bill the ability to turn into Beta Ray Bill by tapping the cane on the ground, it eliminated Donald Blake. And I remember reading, you know, I, I because Yarlson, I I'm a huge fan and of 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 Thor's other alter ego, but it, I, I guess even rereading it now, I don't know what I was thinking. Where I'm like, well, we just we still haven't had, and and there are references to it in a couple of issues that we read, but I'm like, wow, that yeah, they 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 really just straight up killed off Donald Blake more or less. And I always wondered what happened to him, though. Oh, you find out. Not here. Right. We find out a few years ago in the Matt Fraction Thor run. Uh, after Fear Itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. But and, oh, go ahead. I know you are a huge fan of Sigurd Jarlson. I and, am. And I like the big guy, too. Yeah. I still struggle <laughs> with why it was done. Because in the beginning, in the very first issue, Donald Blake, well, let's set it up while we're going to get into it, so we might as well get into it now. Um, after the obligatory what the hell's going on sequence with someone far beyond the fields we know, he's, it starts off with an ingot first. And he's swirling it around, and it's on fire, and he smacks it down on something, and we see for the very first time the first instance of the oft-repeated doom. Doom. Doom, right? And you heard that in the beginning of the episode. That's what I was going for. may not have been successful, but that's what I was going for. And then Donald Blake is in the park. And he's kind of ruminating over the fact that he is a man of of two bodies. I'm all frail Donald Blake. Mm-hmm. I love to to turn into the son of Odin and, and, and traipse around the stars and no man on earth could ever do this. And my, my alter ego is so awesome. But man, it's a heavy burden. Heavy, heavy weighs the, the crown, you know. And um, so... Later on in the story, when when Odin does make the decision to give Bill his his pre-engineered physical form back with the cane, and then he says, "Okay, my son, I have a solution for you too." Sigurd still has to tap the cane to get the hammer. And no, the, and the, yeah, he does in one in one issue. He Not tapped. That I saw. Well, we'll get to it. I'll show you. He okay. he All does. Right. Be, there's one instance where he turns into Thor and he taps yep. something. I don't know if it's the. I don't remember if it's the cane or he taps something in order to fully transform into Thor. And I'm thinking, well, what did that change? It, why, why the whole need for the Sigurd Jarlson alter ego when Thor was just happy to be Thor? I. It just seemed, hmm. it's, to me, it just seemed like there's no definitive answer to why, at least I didn't encounter one while reading these nine issues, to why he needed that Sigurd, Sigurd Jarlson he, alter ego. He, well, because when he comes back 
to to Midgard when he shows back up in New York. Asterix uh, Earth. <laughs> every issue. every single time. Uh, and even the God of Thunder needs a place to hang his hammer on a cold wintry night. So and then there's Mildred passing out when she sees Thor. So he goes into he goes into Avengers Mansion and then he disappears. And this is this is the part that for years this has this has vexed me. Issue three forty one. Issue three forty one. It is second page three blank. I'm gonna say blank because it's not an alpha flight issue. Three blank panels with an asterisk that once Thor goes into Avengers Mansion, he finds himself on the most surprising adventure of his career. So surprising, in fact, that we can't even tell you about it until next month. Watch this space. And you sure as shit believe that I bought 342 and turned to the second page to look for these three goddamn panels. That's true. What I missed. And it's like, I. so maybe Walt had a plan and something happened and, and, and maybe it was played out in another issue. But he, um, whatever he did... In Avengers Mansion, he then shows up and stops by to see Nick Fury. Yeah, and that's when he's like, "Listen, he so so maybe whatever he was, whatever his conversation was about, or, or whatever strange adventure, the most surprising of his career, he went on. It caused him to say, "Hey, I I I can't always be Thor, just like Cal can't always be Superman. They're just which, hey." Nice cameo. There are just uh, there. There are times when he just doesn't want to be Thor, and and uh, or or doesn't need to be Thor. But he always carries around his duffel bag. But and, he, but he and, is always and the, Thor. He is always Thor. As yes, but he doesn't. He he. If he wants to, he and he he loves Earth so much. He wants to be around these people, and it's easier to fit in and, and, and be one of the locals more right. or less. And I think the major reason why I, I, I was blowing smoke when I, when I said there's, there's really no reason there is one major reason and it's the way that he eventually, how he loses the hammer. The, the form of doc Blake is so frail. That was the thing that enabled bill to get the hammer when he came into proximity when right. when um uh scuttlebutt was coming into earth into earth's atmosphere and donald blake turned or thor turned back to donald blake because he was in proximity mm-hmm. with his home planet that is the achilles heel that is no more now that'll never happen right so yes that that's a good reason but and it's it's his hammer he taps to get the costume it's in issue 342 it's not a stick it's it's he hits the 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 bottom the of hammer's the hammer. in the duffel bag yeah, yeah. so he picks it's, out the hammer boom blah, 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 and he becomes which means nobody can ever steal that duffel bag but at least and so, so the hammer for just real the, right tapping the hammer allows him to just change clothes from right Sidgard to right thor right i just thought that with the whole problems with the alter ego of donald blake now he just has them of a different type with jarlson it, it's well, pretty much the a, same thing I mean, without well, without the limitations of the 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 uh the physical transformation 
No, I was going to say to me it does change because it's he becomes even more like Marvel Superman, and right, and, right. and Samson even you know yep nice cameo even, bro even makes the cameo off of Clark yeah. Kent well is, sure uh, and Lois he acknowledges the fact that yeah this is it's pretty close but um the and and if he wasn't if he was steady Thor twenty four seven uh we wouldn't get the the subplot with Lorelai. So it it's it all you know, Walt Walt has it all planned out and, and it works and Well that is very uh, true. He does have this thing it, planned out. So oh, and and you know and it's I, I know that for some of our listeners this may be before their time and, and you know I've only started reading comics since you know, Spawn two fifty and, and it's there are they may not when we reference certain works and and we we talk about you know Miller's Daredevil again for example it, it's people might either roll their eyes just be like all right yeah whatever that's the old, old comics when they cost less than 60 cents and but for anybody who has read along with us this month never read this before and is used to even Jason Aaron's store or read the JMS stuff or or uh, even read from disassembled and but I I, I I just want to know if they they get where we're coming from with this, or if where it ranks on other Thor stories that that, that they've read. Right. Because this well, is this is still yeah. the bar for me. I mean, let's uh, let's yeah to, to that end before we go further, let let's set it up because this came out. I mean, the run that we are discussing is three thirty seven three forty five, but um, this was three thirty seven was released. Uh, cover date November 1983, and his run, uh, Simonson's run, goes through issue number 382, which is August 1987, uh, and then it's probably worth noting that uh, Walt's, that run relates to Walt's writing of the book. He stops penciling the book with issue number 368 when uh, when uh, Sal Buscema takes over. Whoop, whoop. As uh, as the 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 cartoonist through uh, 382, with I think Walt jumped back in it for issue 380 and drew drew uh, an issue. But um, so this came out in, in 83, and this is where it's funny how memory plays tricks on you. Because if you were to have asked me a few years ago, randomly, if we were doing the show, did I read the Simonson run off the shelves? I absolutely would have said yes. But it's impossible for that <laughs> to have been true. Um, I didn't really, I didn't start going into a comic book store and having a pull list and buying single issues um, with regularity until 85. So, um, I mean, this definitely was one of those things where, because um, I jumped in and started buying all the Marvel, this along with a ton of other stuff. Fortunately, it was a great time to to start reading comics because I we were able to go back and buy years worth of of back issues to catch up on these stories, which I know I did because I definitely remember reading these back then. Um, but I must've just bought them in the bins and I'm sure they were ridiculously cheap and people would want to throw up now. If you think about what you could have done oh. buying those in back issue bins back then. But, uh, I presume you two were reading this off the shelves. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. So, and, and loving it. But you know, while we're playing that game, we have, all of us have consumed a lot of Thor and I'm in agreement with Dap. It does not get better than this. They can come close. They do. Yeah. Yes. And they, they often do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the other important thing here is that there are lots of classics, many of which we have discussed over the years. Um, I think some books are classic because of the time and of the time and perhaps of their significance. But rereading them, they feel dated. This did not feel dated to me at all. No, I think both visually and from a pacing standpoint and from a dialogue standpoint, it's not overly verbose. Um, I, I thought it was terrific. I, I think it ages extremely well, more so than most of the other uh, contemporary runs from that era that are so beloved. Like, it probably doesn't get any more nostalgic for anyone than um, Claremont X-Men. But listen, real talk, rereading those is a chore. Yeah. It's right. heavy-handed dialogue. It's choppy dialogue. It's too much dialogue. Way too expository. This was not that. This was... This that and I credit that as you alluded to, Vince, the fact that this was one guy doing this book. Yeah. So I, it wasn't going to be expository because he was the one drawing it too. So he. I, I do think the know. Volstag segments are, are very wordy. I well, I do agree with you. I will get into that, but I think the, I think it's the one. I I, I hesitate to say flaw because who am I to tell the guy? Uh, a legend like Walt, uh, how to do comics. But I think the one thing when I reread this that it didn't care for was you had somewhat of an aside, a side story in Balder, and then you had an aside of that in Volstag telling this kid that he's sitting on the story of Balder. And right. so I thought it was odd to have a subtext of a subtext. Yeah. And I could have done without it. I, right. I dig the Warriors 3, and I think Volstag's been great com- comic relief at different parts of. Thor's lore, but but this was not his shining moment. Right. It was basically Volstagg saying, you know why this guy's so great? Let me tell you. Right. Yeah. While, while I'm sitting on parts of you so you can't move. Right, right. And, and it does, I mean, it, we eventually get the uh, the Boulder the Brave miniseries yes. written by Walton, drawn by Sal, um, which also, which is basically, I mean, it, it's, it's a spinoff of this. But and and it doesn't necessarily then bog down what what Walt's doing. And Walt loves Walt loves the tease. And and there are and I I, I love how he cuts scenes. He turned to he, like Volstagg sitting on some dude. You turn the page, and now Thor and Beta Ray Bill are fighting demons. And he turned the page, and now Loki's having a conversation. And it's just it's there are just or or Sif is wallowing about something there there are just certain uh but nothing walt will just let things happen as as they happen like the same thing with with doom and 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 twilight being forged it's like okay every issue it's like one page every issue and you're not gonna know when it's gonna show up but it's just and and everything is just he's he is he's deliberate and and i love that about this run so much and one of the things I appreciate uh, about this run is Walt plays it fairly close to the vest initially. I mean, Thor is a superhero slash science fiction book, and it always has been. But uh, and so in, in the initial stages, that's exactly what we get. Um, Beta Ray Bill, come, he's an alien who has been bio 
and mechanically engineered into something far greater than he was. And he comes, he, he they're, you know, they're fighting demons that I are forgot emerging. all about the bionics. I forgot that he was yeah. barely human at the, barely left of himself. This portal just spitting out demons. And it's all pretty much within the realm of what we know uh, about sci-fi, what we expect in a sci-fi yarn peppered with superheroics layered also with Norse Norse mythology. So he, he plays it straight up until in this run, these nine issues up until issue three forty four, when it gets really freaking weird three, four, three forty five. When I first read that issue, I thought Walt had lost his damn mind. Really? Yeah, with Dr. Willis he, and the French fry? With the, with the French fry? Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I, I, I have to tell you, um, to me, reading just these nine issues, um, I thought 345 was just a complete whiff wow. epilogue that I, I wish I, I wish it had stopped after the eighth, eighth oh, issue. Oh, but see, that's what I love about the run. It gets really strange. And then with the, the Judge Dredd, like a look come in and it's just like Walt was just like having so much fun. He there there's a woman in this in issue three forty five that gets destroyed yep. by eating a Big Mac. Yep. It's just balls out strange. But that's what but, I I love about it. There's and the woman who gets destroyed by eating the Big Mac knows how to fill out a sweater and Walt knows how to draw her tied up in a chair yeah just so that and that was probably that marston would be proud I, oh yeah and it yeah. was um it's it's a uh but you find and and the way it's set up and then seeing seeing willis in in the cell it's like okay well they they caught i mean obviously he 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 held her nose so she was for it, it all seems like he's 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 the bad guy right and turns out maybe not and yeah, and right. uh it it was i out of the out of what i i love the covers and and what oh, i um so good as it, it's it's around 345 is when because that's that, that that's when we get roger introduced and and um and the way he would fold his ball cap and there was uh there there's just the whole thing with Malekith and and that I remember just going on for so long and I and that that's not that's not a complaint I just I remember I remember reading that and then getting to the end of an issue and it's still continuing I'm like this story is still going on and this whole thing with with, with Roger and Thor and and the casket and 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 Malekith and and it's just I I kind of once I I told you guys on Slack once I finished three forty five I wanted to. I wanted to keep going because I'm yeah. like I, I. Well, I'm going to keep I, going. This is what. Oh yeah, and and yeah. I, I I said that with planetary too. But I might. We we just we. Mm -hmm. There are. Um, this is when, I mean, I remember the earlier issues because I remember, I remember Jerry, at the foreman at the construction site thinking that it he's Spider Man and it's like you know I I remember there's so many moments from 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 the earlier issues of this run that I remember but, it's once three forty five and 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 on. That's when, uh, that was just I. I enjoy these Guardian stuff. I, I enjoy you know the the, whole, the the last Viking and 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 when we think about oh the last Viking issue is fantastic. 
It is. Yeah. It really yes. is. Yeah. It's like, hey, where'd that and, old man just... And he set it up before. He sets it up previously, like a couple issues before that, where there's one lone seat at the table of Valhalla, unoccupied. And, and you could tell that he had it planned that, hey, there's one guy missing from this table. I'll tell you about him, what well, we didn't know, but he's thinking, right. I'm going to tell them about it I, a couple issues down the line. Same and that, thing when, he, when he's thinking about, there's that... There's someone calling my name. Is that one lone voice? And, yep, it, and, yep. and it took me to be like, what the hell? When are we going to get that resolved? And it's like, I'm reading the issue. I'm like, when are we going to get? Oh, shit. Okay, never mind. Right. I'm good. But that's the thing. In, in hindsight, that mm-hmm. we've read these nine issues. Now, I could see that once Walt got on the book with issue 337, he settled down in that drawing chair. He's like, I'm not going anywhere for a long time. Because nine issues of teasing the doom sequence would any mm. would any creative team get away with teasing something for nine issues these days with the way we've come oh to, no right sure. the way we've come to digest comics and 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 pop culture we want the payoff like almost immediately what we yeah. meaning you know phantom at large <laughs> but and and i was telling the the students in my class that this writer artist set up something and teased it over the period of well i don't know how many issues exactly but for argument's sake nine with what we're dealing here with here and they were just like what i said yeah you didn't know who was hammering the the sword on the anvil all you knew was it was bad mojo and it was doom was gonna come raining down you didn't know well you learn more with each instance but it was a complete mystery. I was like, that was exciting, energetic, just, I need more comics. And you don't really see that these days. You don't. And it's, it, it's our loss, right? But uh, let's, let's start summarizing these things for the folks at home so they can, if they haven't read this, maybe get an insight into the magic of this thing. Uh, it's three- true. And if they, if they didn't follow along, it's worth noting that uh, you can get this in lots of ways. It's the, as you guys said, there's the Thor Vision, there's the Volume One Thor Visionaries trade, um, but there's also if you are Marvel Unlimited, all of these issues are available there. Yeah. Um, so you can get it, you can get it digitally. You can get, uh, and frankly, the single issues are available. I mean, they're not going to be super cheap, but you can find them if you're if you're into the issues. Yeah. So. I found yeah, I found various issues in, in back issue bins or cons yeah. over the years. Yeah. Yep. And then there's the omnibus. You can get them all at once. Very, very true. Yep. So in 337, Donald Blake's taking a pleasant stroll in Chicago's Grant Park, but his uh, his little sojourn is interrupted by Nick Fury. And Nick is all piss and vinegar, and he, he, he needs the God of Thunder because a deep space probe has detected the presence of an alien ship. And this alien ship, one, uh, it eliminated an entire star, presumably to use it as fuel. So immediately, Walt sets it up like, this may be, these may be bad people. Um, and the only reason why we know that this alien ship exists and what it did is because the probe sent back images of what was going on before it was summarily destroyed by the alien presence. Um, the ship is traveling super fast, light speed, but it's making a 
beeline right for our solar system. Wouldn't you know it? And Thor or Nick wants Thor to check it out. Go, you know, do your thing and see what's up. Back in Asgard, Sif throws herself into the arms of the nearest man. Uh, in this case, Baldur the Brave, because her Thor chose Earth over her. Wah, wah. Um, and Baldur's feeling a bit, you know, he's feeling some kind of way himself because he was worked over by Hela. Uh, Balder spurns Sif. She says, I'm not worthy. He says, I'm not worthy of anything. I'm fat. Um, I'm, I'm, That's I'm, the most notable thing, right? Balder's fat as can be. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I saw firsthand the product of my, quote, heroics, and I'm not happy with myself. He saw all the, 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 the legions of, of dead souls that he sent to Hela's realm. And uh, he's, he's, he's not... He's not having it. I will never pick up a sword again. I, I, the battle and the fighting and the bloodshed, that's not me anymore. I'm not, not doing mm -hmm. it. Um, so Sif runs to the arms of her brother, Himdal. And uh, she wants battle. She needs battle to take her mind off her troubles. Uh, elsewhere in Asgard, Loki uh, hooks up with the steamy Lorelei. Lorelai's pretty pretty smoking, uh, and I had forgotten that uh, Debbie Harry must have had a uh, massive impression on Walt Simonson because he models Lorelai after Debbie Harry. Uh, and there's there's one part where uh, I think it's a construction worker's like, whoa, no, it was the two um, the two guys in the subway, the the two ne'er do wells who the one says hey you look like blondie are you blondie you know and so but she does look exactly like debbie harry in some spots yeah i don't know if he intended that from the get-go but later on she she does look like debbie um so thor throws down with the alien ship breaches is its hull and he runs smack dab into beta ray bill who who is uh Kicked out of cryo sleep by the ship's defenses. Um, Bill seeks to eradicate all demons. We don't know why yet, but he's got a hard on for demons, and he believes Thor to be one of them. Uh, they fight, and in the process, they trash the ship, uh, forcing Scuttlebutt, a sentient female ship, uh, to land. And where does it land? But Again, you guessed it, on Earth. As the ship nears Earth, Thor, um, in the fight, Thor dropped his hammer. Or, you know, the hammer was separated from Thor's hand, let's just say. And because the ship is in proximity of Earth, guess what? Uh, Thor turns back into his mortal guise of Dr. Donald Blake, which gives Beta Ray the opportunity to best him which isn't hard right so mm -hmm. um the ship crashes down and cases beta ray bill and donald blake in a protective shell and shield enters the picture bill remembers uh or recalls the how formidable mjolnir was so he's looking for it and uh, he can't find it because he needs something to defend himself against S.H.I.E.L.D. Because the ship's defenses are down, very low power, can't 
channel all that energy to the weapons. So he, he picks up Blake's stick. He's looking for the hammer, picks up the stick, and he's like, where the hell's that damn hammer? And just happens to whack the stick against part of the ship. And bada bing, bada boom, he's transformed into the mighty Thor. And Bill's about to rain holy hell down on S.H.I.E.L.D. when Papa Odin enters the picture and calls his son home. And that's 337. It's a phenomenal first issue. It is. It is indeed. It's just breakneck speed. Uh, the uh, I thought it fitting. Everything in this these nine issues, there there's symmetry, but it's an inverse symmetry. Where, well, we'll we'll get to it. But Walt is such a canny writer that you have the story of Baldur the Brave, who relinquishes his. Um, his taste for battle is abated and he's just pulling back, withdrawing, getting fat. He, he's, he's going on a forever siesta. And then you have Beta Ray Bill who desires nothing but to get back into battle to save his people. There's, there's balance to almost everything in the, these nine issues. And I'm sure we'll get to more of it, but um Back in the day, I was flabbergasted with this first issue. Uh, I mean, like I said, I can't remember. I remember reading all this in a in in a chunk. So, and I don't know that I, I don't remember. If, I don't remember that experience per se, but I do remember yeah. this being one of the first runs that I took notice of the art specifically. Yeah. Dap, Dap, how many copies of this issue did you buy? <laughs> Honestly, I I remember seeing the cover so many times in 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 the fanzines. I don't remember buying this one off the shelf. Mm. Okay, there you go. I I remember getting it later, um, but I I I I remember buying soon after this one constantly. Um, but yeah, three three thirty seven. I don't. Uh, I don't remember buying off the rack. I bought six copies. God damn. What? Yep. But why? Why? Because yeah. Why buy six? I don't get it. Ba- back in the day, on the the thought that I the, the books that I thought would be big doings, I invested in multiple copies. And oh, you I, did. I bought six copies of three thirty seven. Six copies of uh. three thirty eight. And I think four of three thirty nine, like it dwindled, and then by three forty, I bought I think two, and then just one after that. Okay. Yep. You're I have crazy. I have no. I sold. <laughs> I sold three thirty seven two copies for far more than I bought them for. Of course, I would imagine. Yeah. A couple months later, I mean, it was going for decent decent money back then. I think it was like ten or twelve dollars for the issue, and so mm-hmm. I sold. I sold two of them, kept four. I still have them. You still have four copies? Yep. Wow. It's a great. It's a great run, man. I love it. It's the best. It's great, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But usually, when we talk about buying multiple copies, it's uh, saved for the speculator boom, and it's usually said in a regrettable way. 
Right, but this was pre. <laughs> was one. This was pre speculator boom. Well, no, yes, it was right. on the it was on the cusp on the cusp yeah. of, of the speculator boom, um, and it wasn't until a year later, with the arrival of what <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh huh. Yep. Which there was pre- in a half shell. Yes. Yeah. So um, three thirty eight, <clears throat> we get more doom. And uh, our buddy Bill arrives on Asgard and throws a bunch of folks around. Just but, dude, that's a there's a. I think one of the things that struck me about this issue is uh, Bill's going around again, calling everybody demons. Yeah, yeah. Save, save people, but he throws Mjolnir at Odin, and Odin catches it. Yes, much in the same way that Hela catches Mjolnir in the new movie. I haven't seen it. Mjolnir, uh, like that. And it just reminds you, at least back then, I don't think that's the case in current Marvel, but back then, Odin was not to be trifled with. Like, for as powerful as Thor was, Odin was many times more powerful. That's one of the subjects I wanted to get into. Mm -hmm. Oh. Simonson's depiction of Odin is by far the best. By far. Because Odin is not a douchebag. He's not a dick. That's right. He's He's not not petulant. No, he's he's not an I know more than you, so Mm -hmm. therefore I am greater. He does things initially that seem like he's being a douchebag, like but as in the battle between Beta Ray and Thor. Odin knows Thor needs to be taught a lesson. And he sends him to that realm, uh, name escapes me at the moment, where uh, it's it the it's just super hot, molten lava everywhere, and Bill is more attuned to that kind of atmosphere, obviously, than Thor. So Bill has a slight edge. I mean, the the two are pretty much evenly matched, but with Scar the Scarthime, yeah, but Sorry. with thank you with the. Uh, the the slight edge that Bill had, it was what roused him from his stupor and enabled him to save Thor. So initially, Odin seems like a jerk, but he did it for a reason. Like he's not easily angered, uh, but but he does command respect. Yeah. Where we've seen in in subsequent works where Thor or Odin can be just a bastard. Yeah, or like um, a couple issues later when when. Thor and Bill are convalescing and Bill has won Mjolnir in combat, but he feels bad about it. He feels guilty. Right. And he's telling Odin that I feel like almost everyone else that would have written would have that have has written Odin would have been like, yeah, my, my, my bitch ass son did lose it. Whatever. <laughs> but like this one, like Odin's like, well, we'll see. He's like, uh, he's like the rules are the rules, but we'll see what we can do. about Right. That. But he also, way of working out. he also didn't take the hammer away from Bill. No, could he be no. like you know you're alien? But he was a benevolent leader. He right, found a, right. a just way to deal with the situation, of honoring tradition without with recognizing that it, from a practical standpoint, the owner should be with his son. Right, and it was very smart. You know, I just make another hammer. You yeah. you did win fair and square. You do have the right to the prize, and I will give you the prize, just not the prize that you thought it was going to be, because Odin wants to help out. He knows. He has an inkling because he can't see into the heart of of the 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 that sector where all the demons are spitting out. He he has an inkling that I gotta stop this shit. 
And if Bill and Thor want to go do it, then great. But we need to. I, there, there can't be anything that I, I can't see. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is bad stuff. But um, where was I? I don't remember. Uh, so, um, Odin is is seeking answers, right? He he wants to know what the hell's going on. Look at this. You're not my son. Uh, so he imprisons Bill in a cocoon of ethereal energy and uh, calls Thor back from Earth. And the three sit and talk. <laughs> I thought that was great. They just they have a caucus. They're they're all level headed. At this point, Bill realizes that okay, they par- these, parlay. The, the, they're not demons. You know, I, I was a bit hasty. Uh, let, let's see what's going on here. So Bill, of course, tells the story of his dying race, beset by demons, and of his creation. His soul was implanted in a bioengineered, mechanically enhanced creature. Um for what we're told, the most formidable creature on their home planet, uh, in hopes that Bill's new superpowered form would lead the exodus of their people to safety on uh, New Worlds. There's only not a whole lot of them left. And the, 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 it's, like, it's like the ragtag fleet in Battlestar Galactica, just looking for a place to, to make a new home. Bill's people, their, their home planet is no more, and now they need to find a new place. And Bill was the spearhead. He was the one that was going to pave the way for his people, hopefully defeat all the demons. Um, enter the demons who dog the fleet at every step. Now, Odin knows of the demons, but is very concerned because their point of origin, as we said, is masked from his all seeing eye. Uh, but Bill's not about to give up Mjolnir so easily. So, uh, Odin decides to let him fight for the hammer. Yep. To the death. Mm-hmm. No magic, nothing to aid each but their strength and fighting ability. And they battle, as Dap said, in Skartheim. And eventually they get exhausted. It's hot. They're, they're throwing down. They're leaping. There's boulders and stuff flying all over the place. And like I said, they're evenly matched. Um, they both land on a chunk of obsidian in a river of lava heading for the falls and uh, Bill revives first and, and decides that Thor is too noble of a foe to allow him to die in such a way. And he saves Thor and uh, by, you know, wins the, the trial by combat and there's stuff still going on with Loki. Loki takes on the guise of his half brother in order to piss off Sif. Laura lies kissing Thor, who's not Thor but Loki, and uh, Sif just goes crazy. She she beats the shit out of both of them, and uh, he kicks their asses and storms off in a huff. And uh, eventually, as we'll see, she takes a a shine to Mister Beta Ray Bill, horse Mm -hmm. horse face or not. Yeah, it's true. Which is she's a woman who cares about uh, the inside versus exactly. the outside. Yeah. Right, that's all right. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. And it's which it's I guess convenient at that point. Once um, without going too far ahead, that when Odin makes his decision, uh, and as referenced earlier in, in eradicating Donald Blake, 
but giving Bill the stick, uh, it, it definitely makes any future relationship with Bill and Sif uh, much more feasible. Right. Yeah. He's kind of cute looking too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little doughy, but still, he's cute. It's an orange. It, it's it's an orange. I can get by. Right. And in, 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 interstitially between the battle pages of uh, those two fighting it out, we've got the uh, the already alluded to Balder, fat, 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 sad sack Balder, Volstag walking along, and then young homeboy uh, Agnar says, "I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you, dude." And then uh, Volstag's like, "Nah, son, I'm gonna <laughs> sit on you and I'm gonna tell right? you stories." Well, first he carries him. And then he goes and he sits on him and he says, now I'm going to tell you a story. And he starts telling about why Baldur's feeling, how he's feeling. And Agnar still doesn't care. No. Nah. <laughs> they, they all win back. Simonson had a, had a window into millennials 30 years before. Look at the hipsters. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's all that and he takes one swing and they just like, nah, son. They just <laughs> swat him away. Down. It's like, what is your problem? But it's about tradition and it's about respect and, 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 and looking up to, you know, these, these men, well, not men, but these gods that have done massive deeds and this guy slighting them. It's like, oh, what was this shit? No. Learn. 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 Uh, Here's some history. That's, that's a lesson that is, is, is relevant even today. Take a minute and stop and learn the history. That's, I think, that's what Simonson's saying. People should definitely be doing that. I we 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 haven't gone too far into Walt's artistic side of 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 this run, and I keep looking at um. Look at your mind that I go to Thor's helmet, and there are um. Just this, of course days before photoshop and and obviously this this has been recolored but everything everything shiny is just i mean the, the line work that that walt utilizes and, and even thor's boots and there's just i i keep looking at at the faces at 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 the layouts the how much he puts into every panel and and every it's there are times where it it might be wordy in some spots, but he, he even fills. And even there are a couple of panels where, you know, it might just be a close-up of a face and, and not much going on in the background. But because of all the detail in, like, Odin's beard and and his headgear, you know, you don't need a lot in the background. But uh, Thor's passed out. It has, like, you know, cobblestone floors. It, it's just, it's, he he did not take it easy. He didn't phone anything in no. when 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 creating this story. No way. And uh, as another thing that struck me as we revisited these issues, there are guys that whose work resemble Neil Adams. You can see the artistic influence of Neil Adams in their work. There's guys who shine like John Byrne from time to time and Art Adams with like Nick Bradshaw. Is there anyone whose work you can compare to Walt Simonson. Nobody draws like this. It's true. It's a singular vision. I, I, I don't believe I've encountered anybody whose line resembles Simonson's. Mm-hmm. 
because it's th- there's two worlds going on here. Um, when he gets all up close and personal, there there's some fairly realistic drawing going on, but the majority of the time, I think Simonson speaks in a pop art sensibility, very exaggerated. Um, Akin to what Peter Max does with paint, Simonson mm. does with line, I think. It's very 60s. There's, yeah. there's, there's a, uh, I think, a, an overarching 60s sensibility to, uh, to Walt's work. But then again, you look at his panel layouts and, and they're contemporary. They're still contemporary today. So it's a, it's a hard beast to, to define. I, it, that's what makes it special. It, it, he has his fingers in so many different worlds. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you're right about his distinctiveness. Um, I, I, I can't quite put my finger as to why his artistic style has aged so well. Um, but it has, and I think maybe it's like what Dap's saying. That there's just no wasted effort here. I mean, it, there is a lot of detail, but 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 it's but but there, there's just he, there's no panels. He doesn't take any panels off. No. Um, but it's also not. But there is a little bit of, of of organic to it in the sense that, like, not every part of every image is drawn to be like pitch perfect, you know? No, there's, there's the Kirby sensibility in here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I think you, you really see Walt for the, for the Kirby acolyte that he is. Yeah. Um, and, and when you ask the question of who, of who Simonson, who draws like Simonson, the first person I thought of was Larson actually. But I mean, obviously Larson draws like Kirby, but I, I feel like, well, yeah, no, cause I even from that same path, there were, um, there were panels in the in two twenty eight when we were talking about it the other night that uh, that they were yeah. made of, you're, of you're, Walt. You're absolutely right. Nice. You are. Yep. There we go. I didn't see Boom. it. What? What? <laughs> yeah. It's just. I mean, it, and it's it's. Oh, trolls aside, it, it, it's warts and all because there there are some there's some panels like when he goes to see the lawyer in in three forty five and and he shows up and and it's that was. It's the lawyers in the background, Thor's in the foreground, but that angle that that Walt has Thor in where, where the hammer is and his shoulder and, and it, it's it's kind of it stands out to me because it doesn't it, it, it's not as as um as polished or, or well rendered as as other figures and, and scenes in the book, but it it's it's still I mean this is like listen, Walt Walt's just like it he didn't He's not trying to draw everything as perfect as can be because that's it's that's not what that's not the important thing that it it's this the story I'm telling these are the these are the and it's 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 a quick scene because because Thor's like you know tell me quickly what what, what do you know about Malachi the accursed and and and, and we turn mm-hmm. the page to, to the next one so it's not like this isn't you're you're this is not where your eye is supposed to linger let's just keep it moving. Yeah. Yep. God damn, Eric Larson. You're right. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're all right. Um but 
Visually, I think my favorite moment in the nine issues is uh, Fafnir. I, I now love... that's so funny because that's my least favorite. Really? Yep. I'm not talking about story wise. No, I'm just, I'm just talking about visually and design wise. I think yeah. Faf- so is my least favorite. Fafnir's amazing. I think he's too fat and chubby. He looks like he looks like a he just looks like a like a Kirby monster from the sixties. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Um, relative to everything else in this, the, yeah, like I think, like when he draws all the other creatures over the run, I, I find many of them to be far more streamlined and imposing. I also think that he was making a comment on uh, the man in the suit type movies because that's what Fafnir looks like. He looks like oh, uh, okay, um, mm-hmm. a Toho creature with you know a dude in a rubber suit yeah see i'm not trying to hear that, <laughs> that that's your I mean, loss fine like i yeah. didn't dislike that but i i like um the midgard serpent way cooler design to me now that's not in this issue not issue run but yeah so yeah but his, his character design is incredible throughout the entire book um i forget the name of the uh the giant black pegasus that's tied into Valhalla. Yeah, Sif's, uh, right. Sif's uh, mount. But man, is that an awesome looking yes, it is. equestrian. Yes, it is. Um, and let me tell you something. I mean, Sif's got it going on. I don't think Walt's a fan of skinny chicks. No. Good fine. man. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, all, oh, man. His, all his women are very classically proportioned. Dude, the one scene where Lorelai is chilling on her couch. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! Yep. yep. Let, me you, let me tell you, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of Brazzers videos start that same way. <laughs> oh you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just just keeping it 100. <laughs> All right, let's get into 339. All right, what's going on? Somebody else take the 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 wheel. Uh okay. Um, so 339, uh, something old, something new. Uh, they're essentially, um, the battle between the two is over Their Uh, Bill essentially brings Thor back, uh, so as not to die, but, but collapses himself. Um, and they begin convalescing, uh, at the same time, Lorelai is plotting and, uh, has a little, little, uh, woman to woman running with Sif. They have some words. Um, be like you know the equivalent today of like who are you talking to bitch um, Odin is contemplating what to do um, you know because Thor's like dude I let you down pops uh, you know I'm a disgrace I'm not worthy of being the god of thunder and to your point about Odin being nice Odin he's like well we'll see we'll see we'll talk about it I'm going to talk to Bill and you know all things are possible so he, he's not he's not He's not condemning his son for essentially failing the trial that he put him at. Now, that said, we can't lose sight of the fact that he did send his son in the issue before to a duel to the death. And <laughs> and were, were it not for Bill being of high moral fiber, I mean, Thor would have presumably died. So, um, you know, he's still hardcore. I mean, he's still, a, as, you know, he's still got that, that Viking spirit. Uh, and then Odin goes to see Bill, and, and they have the conversation, uh, this next part of that conversation where... Um, 
you know, Odin's trying to get a sense for what his motivations are. And uh, Bill says, listen, I, I need the hammer. I earned the hammer. It's mine. I, I need it to help um, save my people. But I also feel as though it's uh, not right to keep it. Um, and so Odin says, you know what? I got you. Um, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to hook this up. You've earned it. Normally for someone to get a, a God, especially my favor, you got to sacrifice, but you've sacrificed enough because you've given me the awesome gift of my son back from death. And so I'm going to hook you up. Um, so Odin puts on his Gandalf, the gray outfit and, uh, hops on his horse and he goes to find, uh, Nedevalir, the realm of the dwarfs, and he comes across some dwarfs, and uh, you know they hadn't seen him in a while, but they of course know who he is, and uh, he wants them to undertake a task. And we all know from years of being fantasy geeks that uh, that the the dwarfs are known generally in, in all types of fantasy lore of being um, um, generally very good at uh, hoarding precious metals and being incredible um, blacksmiths. And Odin uh, alludes to the fact that he needs them to, uh, to do him a solid, which we, you know, later, later come to learn is of course creating a, a new hammer um, for Bill. Um, then uh, Thor and Bill are healed enough to be up and about. And they, they interact with each other uh, in a very peaceful little, uh, Little villa, man. Asgard's got some dope places. Like the Airbnb, the shit out of that place. But um, they're talking about, um, you know, they're recapping the battle and, and so forth. And and Bill says that, um, ex- kind of gives his background again, and um, so a little exposit, little exposition there. But um, but uh, they talk about uh, how he needs to save the day, and um, and then Sif rolls in, and and she is on a mission. And uh, as we as we know, Sif's... Essentially, the dwarf said, listen, Odin, you want us to do you a solid, that's cool, but we need something from you. We have a member of our crew that uh, needs a woman, and if you send one of your women, Asgardian women, to come and do battle with him, we'll have a deal. If, you best, if she can best him in battle, we'll make the hammer for you, or make the weapon for you, if... if um, if she can't best him, then she has to agree to stay and be his betrothed. So Sif, who's been feeling kind of mopey and and uh, and has a broken heart, she and, and being being a warrior, she says, "Odin, I got you. I got you. I'm gonna go do this." And so she rolls off to go do her thing. Um, and uh, she then battles this disgustingly uh, uh, disgusting giant dwarf. And uh, Throg, an yeah, Throg the dwarf. Um, yeah, it's weird though, right? Because he's giant. He, I mean, he is a dwarf, but he's he's much bigger than the others, uh, much much bigger than Sif. But uh, but she beats the shit out of him, as uh, as you would expect Sif to do. And uh, basically, um, uh, as a result, um, the uh, dwarfs, you know, they're 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 men of their word, and they race off to uh, begin creating said weapon. And then we have a neat double cross on the on yes. the part of the of the dwarfs. Yeah. Well, not so much double cross, but it was just one of those things where if if it was win win for them, it was a right. neat reveal. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if yeah. they did, uh, they they been... the dwarf people don't like Throg. He was a pain in their ass. Right. Essence. Right. So they wanted to get rid of him, and the one way to do it was to shame him by having him lose to a woman. 
there was no way that he was going to show his face around the dwarf people, you know, for a long time, having been bested by a, a mere woman. So they they got what they wanted. Uh, either um, Throg would have been occupied with a, a, a woman, which it would have removed him from their uh, their hair, or... Um, he would be bested and that would remove him as well. So they, like Dave, David said, it was a win-win. Yeah. Then we have the unfortunate um, next part of the Volstag sitting on Angar and telling him <laughs> Baldur's story. We, we were retold the story, which again, if you were reading Thor before this, you would have known uh, Loki had killed Balder by creating an arrow dipped in mistletoe uh, and got someone to shoot Balder with it. Balder was essentially for those that don't know, almost like, uh, the the Norse version of Achilles. He was essentially impossible to kill, um, but uh, this this mistletoe was his weakness, so he was killed, sent to hell, uh, uh, and um, that's where he began to run into the many people that he had slain over the years as a great warrior of Asgard and had trouble dealing with that. And then we get another page of the awesome doom of a of a of a a red a red skinned blacksmith, uh, giant muscular blacksmith pounding away at uh, some kind of, of weapon himself with the Doom. Uh, and then to Vince's favorite, uh, we're off the coast of uh, Quebec, and uh, there's a jolly old uh, dude hanging out in a, in a lighthouse, and he hears some new, some noise, and then suddenly uh, the lighthouse is broken apart by a green dragon creature, which we later find out is Fafnir. Yep. Starts like uh, almost every Toho movie. Somebody's ship gets trashed. Yep. There, yep. There you go. And then we have a couple pages of uh, of the dwarfs doing their thing. Giant, giant, massive, uh, um, like smithing cauldrons of of, of molten. Uh, I believe it's 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 Uru metal. The Uru um, just the, yeah, the enchanted metal that uh, Mjolnir's made from as well. And they're enchanting it and, and hammering it, and then Odin does his thing while they're making it. And you see in great artwork by Simonson, you see in the pool of the molten as as Odin goes kathum uh, and, and brings down his power. You see ever so subtly with uh, a little outline of, of a shape that we will later then become very familiar with of the of the of the uh, of Stormbringer, which is the the hammer that uh, is created for for Bill and. He's handed to, they hand the hammer to Bill and boom, bada, bada boom. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, he is back to being Beta Ray Thor, Beta Ray Bill. And he's all super giddy. And he's like, thank you, my, my bruh. And then Odin's like, no problem. Then he gives Mjolnir back to Thor and says, you know, listen, this is always, this is yours forever. Once you have it, my carry it, my honor. We're all gooch. And then, uh, and then Bill's like, I got to bounce. I got to go do my thing here. And Thor says, well, I'm coming with you, dog. You're my homie for life. We're going to do this. And they cross hammers, kind of like crossing swords. And then uh, Kabakathum, uh, uh, Thor brings up uh, his, uh, his amazingly badass, and I wish we saw them more often, uh, giant celestial flying rams, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. And they hop in the chariot. Sif comes along because she's got feeling some kind of way about uh, Beta Ray Bill. She's got a, a mat on for him. Awesome. And they head off. Yep, they head off into space to try and save Bill's people. Yeah. Great stuff. That last panel is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and for those wondering who might own that page, 
The answer is Walt. Walt, uh, there are rumors that Walt has given a few of the pages away as gifts over the years, but he owns the vast majority of the art. That's incredible. Yeah. So that was, uh, 339 issue 340. We have the, uh, teased at, uh, confrontation between Thor, Beta Ray Bill and the demons. Um, in order to defeat the demons, as Odin has directed, they have to destroy the cradle, the source from which all these demons are flowing. Uh, Sif stays back with Scuttlebutt, Bill's sentient ship, and they team up to destroy the demons, while Bill and Thor go out to locate the source. It turns out to be a portal, this giant world-sized thing that's just belching streams literal streams of demons that that curl and twist and it's just nastiness just flowing from this giant anus in the in the the firmament and um and it's it's where bill's planet once resided to add insult to injury um skiff uh, skiff sif mm-hmm. and scuttlebutt they they do the smart thing and they lead the demons away from the fleet She's hacking away on her own, just countless demons. Just the sword is flailing. She's chopping and cutting, and she's covered in gore at one point. And um, push comes to shove, the portal is destroyed by Bill and Thor. They collide hammers. They time it. They fling them both at the same time, and the hammers collide. And the energy released when these two hammers, doing just obliterates the portal. It's a hell of an issue. It's true. And I love the page of the, the, the panel where Sif's, you know, back fending off the demons to try and keep Bill's uh, people alive while they go and try and I knew it. Stop. I knew it. And the, the, the wave of demons, uh, it's a literal wave. I mean, it's, it's like a giant typhoon cresting of a wave coming at her. Yep. I just I think that's a great panel. I love that panel so much. Well, the thing about this issue is I don't want to compare it or elevate it above surrounding issues, but the sequentials in this issue are pretty flawless. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys get a vibe that Scuttlebutt was very reminiscent of Yamato? Hmm... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I did Google to see if there was any indication if he ever acknowledged the connection, and he didn't. At least that I saw. So mm. probably it's just coincidence. But that first scene when Sif is standing over the demons on the rock crest, and then Scuttlebutt rolls up, and she looks down, and they're talking, and and you see that the turrets. I mean, to me, that just looks like such a classic version of of image we saw in Star yeah. Blazers a million times. Yeah, could be. Could be. But then again, I mean, most battleships, if you were to try and draw a futuristic version of a battleship, I guess it would look like that. So Yeah, it, it doesn't have the – because of the, the, the wing-like structures coming out, yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of pushes me on the NAS, yeah. NAS on Probably camp. coincidence. But no, mm-hmm. I mean, the, you're, you're right. The deck does look like Yamato. Yep. Yeah. More but Volstagg, too, you didn't mention, but – well, I mean, yeah. We got Hogan the Grim too. Hogan shows up. Hogan shows up. 
um, a little bit more Doom, uh, a little bit more Lorelai and Loki. Great sound effect, Barraham. Great sound effects throughout this, these entire nine oh, yeah. issues. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And they're giant, too. Mm-hmm. And, and Odin, Walt is not afraid to show Odin without an eye patch. I was just going to say that. Dude's not yeah. wearing his eye patch like ever. <laughs> like, cover that shit up. Oh. No, you're right. He likes to he likes to, to bust it out just he like airs uh, it out. Yeah. He wants to air it out. That's it. Just like uh Carl in uh Just like Carl, yeah, now in the in the in the comic, yeah. Good old Carl. <laughs> Carl. Then they have a big ass party and I cracked up, dude. I cracked up when fucking <laughs> So they get back to Asgard all victorious and shit. And uh first of all, Heimdall, who can see everything, is like, who goes there? Right. Like, I, oh, that's you, you can't fucking see him? You're I right said there. that to myself too as I was reading. Like, like, what? what? You can see an, a, a mole <laughs> on somebody's ass. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but then he's like, oh, it's my dude. Okay, cool. Well, they're waiting for you. Uh, not only does he not recognize him, but they're waiting for him. He's like, but we're having a big party. Roll up in there. And uh, and then it says, it's like, it's like, still, even heroes need baths. And as our comrades change into fresh clothing... They put on the same fucking outfits. Well, they were like, laundered. The, 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 the king, uh, the fucking prince of, of, of the gods doesn't have like multiple outfits. He doesn't have like a party outfit nah. or like a, like a formal wear. He's got they showed dude pulling on another one of those ridiculous <laughs> boots that he's wearing in this thing. <laughs> I just lo- I love it. The poor scuttlebutt remains outside because there yeah. are no halls in Asgard large enough to hold her. Poor scuttlebutt. Right? Yeah. No love. Yeah, but and then are, Odin uh, tells tells Sif all about the the horrors of of what, what Bill had to go through. Um, you know, he was part of a, essentially a, a super soldier program. Yep, mm-hmm. this planet. They a lot of people volunteered to be created in super soldiers to fight these battles, and uh, as it turns out, it was an incredibly arduous process. And he was the lone survivor, just like Steve. He was the the only one to to have the process work. And uh, that weighs heavily on him too. Bill's got a lot of shit. He needs to see a therapist. Bill's got a lot of, <laughs> got a lot of things to work through. Um, the yeah. origin of of Beta Ray Bill is very close to the origin of Rom. Mm. G- gave up his humanity in order to defend his people from the the scourge of the. In Rom's case, the dire race. In Beta Ray Bill's, it's the the demons. It, they're they're very similar. Yep. And then, uh, and then Odin grants him uh, the ability to change back to himself, and as we find out, essentially takes it away from Thor in the process. Yep, balance. Yeah. It's a balance. Yep. But I have to disagree with one thing that you said: that maybe it's not excess verbiage, but it takes a long time to read. These issues, there is a lot of of. There's a lot of People dialogue. Do love to talk, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of uh, exposition or narrative boxes. But what I like about Walt's caption boxes that narrate they they're they're witty or or charming. Where so it's like the whole thing about about the bathing and 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 scuttlebutt not fitting and. That's obviously we don't see Scuttlebutt, but it's just Walt's way of saying, "Listen, you know, Scuttlebutt's here, but mm-hmm. not." And then, whereas other books at the time, like not to pick on Chris, but with with the X Men books, it's like Claremont would tell you 
exactly what you're already seeing in a panel. Right. Yeah. So while they yeah, might also be wordy, it's like, yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, you know, your eyes work. I'm letting you know this is out. You see what's going on in this panel, but what I can't show you, I'm just going to tell you real quick. Right. But there were instances um, when reading Claremont's X-Men where I had thought that I missed an issue because he would reference something that happened off panel in, in a previous issue or like mm-hmm. some, you know, someone went to go do something and yeah. yeah and and yeah. I'd be like, wait a minute. Did I miss it? Because I didn't see it. I didn't remember it as vividly as I would if I had seen the event in, in images. Right. And, and there's none of that in this run. Mm-hmm. So Dap seeing is how you, you, you had such a strong connection to those blank panels uh, in issue <laughs> three forty one. In issue three forty one, you would hit it. I hit it. All right. Uh, I believe actually, um, this may have also been an issue that uh, I dissected on an old episode of Marvel Noise. Epi- issue oh, three. Oh yeah, I am sure I heard that. Uh, <laughs> he's not lying, man. <laughs> Great cover on 341. I love this I love cover. It. Yes. I own this issue multiple times. Um, issue 341 is titled The Past is a Bucket of Ashes. And it is... Um, we we are pretty much right after the events, the celebration, uh, the previous issue, and Thor is returning to Midgard, also known as... Earth, I think. There you go. Yeah. Um, and right there on the first page, as Thor is thinking, and this is also great because there's thought balloons, but Thor is speaking on the first panel, but um, as he reminds us all of, of what just happened, um, there is a an editor's note that, that lets you know it just happened in last issue's classic tale. And mm-hmm. uh, They weren't lying. They weren't. And, and by and, the way, and, that, yeah. that first panel uh, the, the, of that opening page, that's, that's when I was like, that's Larson right there. That's that's. That, I think that image is. <laughs> you nailed it. You did. Thank you. You did. Appreciate it. Um, when we have him on soon, we can talk to him about uh, his level. That is his Walt. Yeah, his Walt influences. Uh, Thor shows up on Earth in New York and uh, makes his way to Avengers Mansion, where he walks through the doors. We are shown three blank panels at the bottom of the page to uh, brace yourself and watch this space next month. Um, where then we cut back to Lorelai, and, and as um, as Vince mentioned, with these with these three toughs, these these subway thugs, mm-hmm. in, lying in wait for um, wearing the members for, only for, jackets. You know, I, I'm <laughs> wondering if something happened to that page. What do you mean? And that was a, a quick way to get it to press like maybe i don't mm. know maybe something went awry like it, maybe ink was spilled on the panel or, or it just <laughs> no you know what i mean like may, there, there could have been a, a calamity that happened with this page and that's a, otherwise it doesn't like you said it doesn't make a whole lot of sense right it, it's entirely possible that something was um walt had something planned and and uh for whatever reason, it just didn't work out that way. Okay, but having um, having read these issues, 
doesn't it seem a little bit off that Walt had something planned and didn't follow up on it? He follows up on everything. He does, but uh, this this was out. Would you like, like to know the answer? Yeah. Oh. Indexer note. Secret Wars number 1 through 12 takes place between pages 2 and 3 of Thor number 341. The three blank panels are meant to depict the event, and the paste-in panels are provided on the letters page in the next issue. That's right! Yes! Jeez. Fucking letters page, that's right, yes. That's exactly... And I, I was about to look up the date, because, like you said, Vince, what would happen that, that Walt wouldn't plan for? And I was just about to say something editorially driven, so without knowing the exact date that this issue was published, because I'm on ComicBookDB right now, I was going to guess Secret Wars. But yes, I remember the letters page having those panels. Yeah, Tomio knew what it was even before we Googled it. That's so, true. Yeah. You did? I'm he probably has the original three panels. <laughs> so the uh, Lorelai's at Subway and um, about to be uh, preyed on, pounced on by a couple of dudes who should know better. Um, this isn't the way we treat women, people. And so they, uh, they're, they're, I, I dig homeboy's heart. I was say, it's, it's hysterical his. <laughs> that he has a heart on his hand. <sighs> so, um, they're, they're, they're trying to woo her, sweet talk her. She, uh, she uses her magic to, uh, have them fight each other, which you hear them, uh, smacking skin on, uh, in the background while she, uh, makes her way further down into Midgard earth and, and, uh, and into the tunnels of the subway where she, um, she is face to face with a dragon. And, uh, she has a deal, which basically she's like, listen, you know, um, I'll, uh, I'll let you, we, we, we just gonna, I want to know, I want to know your secrets. I need you to know, um, I, I just, you, you're going to help me and, and you're not going to tell me no. And you're going to look deep into my eyes and, and, uh, and do my bidding. And, and Lorelai is a bit foolish because, uh, you really can't go and, and, and there's no staring contest with a dragon. So I, I love the way this, this page ends with, with the just endless eternity panels upon uh, panels the is diminishing it? panels are great i i love yeah. it um cut to yeah it's really masterfully designed yeah um thor back from secret wars shows up at uh at at shield hq and uh riding off well, sort of off panel he, you see his feet dangling he, he's, he's coming down on a on a, on a mechanical steed mm-hmm. um Looks like there's, there's a Herbie's something out of it, Herbie's family. It's mad odd because he could fly. So yeah. Well, I guess he doesn't want to swing his his hammer around and and you know be all show offy and and rude. Um, and but yes, it, it is weird. <laughs> they go into Nick's office to chat, and fucking Thor's got his legs crossed like a like <laughs> like he's just chilling like like it's like they're on like a talk like, show. Yeah, it's so hilarious. I'm waiting for Andy Richter to, to pop in. So great. <laughs> he, um, he's like, you know, I'll, I'll hook you up with the tailor, who is standing up there with his little flasher trench coat at the top of the stairs waiting for any kid with candy to come up. And, and he, he's over here. 
Marco. Like, just, you know, <laughs> Marco Dr. the Druid Shields is, uh, Dr. Drew is apparently a uh, Shields costumer. <laughs> really? So, so they... Uh, they also call him a costumer. They don't call him a tailor or like... What the fuck's well, that? Like, who, who calls him a costumer? Have we ever seen Nina? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Hmm. And I love how it's, you know... It, if anything kind of dates the story, it's that instead of a, a, a walkie-talkie, Nick's got a, a a big old contraption to to call Nina on. It's 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 got it's cool. It, it's just it is cool, but it's, it's got like, a boom it, arm. It's like right, it's it's all like a desk lamp. that's just got so it's just I'm just going to sit in this chair and have this swing over to me. But um, half hour later, because that's how long it takes to get t-shirts and jeans, he shows up. In Nick's office again, um, not too inconspicuous at all. Um, mm-hmm. But Nick says the look isn't quite right. Something's missing, and and gives him a pair. And this dates Nick more than anything else. Gives him a pair of cheaters and and tells him to put these glasses on. Um, and he's like, "Don't worry about it. it it's it's uh, no one's going to recognize you. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it." And they leave Nick's office. And I'm glad Shields headquarters is so. It's so secretive that they can have a press conference there. So they, uh, I know <laughs> it's like we're all a bunch of spies, but we're going to have a press conference here. And, and, uh, Lois and Clark, uh, well, Clark specifically bumps in to Thor. Cause God forbid Clark watches where he's going. And, uh, that happens, but we cut to, uh, which was, this was kind of weird because this is one of the few pages where I think you actually cut scenes on the same page instead of mm-hmm. turning the page to go somewhere else. Um, but we are, are back at Asgard. Um, and Odin is, is concerned. There is a, um, there's, there's something, uh, something dark and, and, uh, menacing and evil. Uh, is coming, so he's going to send his ravens out to uh, get its secrets to so so that he the ravens are basically going to uh, this first line fence basically they're going to go and 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 find out what it is and report back to to Odin and he uses his magics to um to to make them bigger and uh, and more powerful um so out he sends. Hugin and Moonin, and uh, there is there's much that he would like to know, and he has little time to learn it. Um, not only did Nick Fury hook Thor up with some sweet, sweet threads, he also works on getting him a job and uh, a big old job at a construction site in Manhattan, and. Uh, he goes to see Jerry and everybody seems to be quite impressed with Thor's shoulders. And, uh, during a job interview as, as, as intense as it is, uh, there is a woman who shrieks out in the distance. Uh, Thor and his civilian identity runs out of the foreman's office and sees a young lass dangling from a crane, high above them and uh he just leaps into action climbing the um the the in progress building um makes his way up there grabs the cable reaches out to her 
and uh, she um, she seems to have fainted from the shock. But while uh, before he can he can scroll her way to safety, up comes from the uh, the Hudson River or the Harlem River um, this dragon that uh, Vince loves. And, I do and love him. Fafner's great. He is great. Uh, Fafner attacks, but before that, where we really get into too much attacking, we cut to an interlude where, again, the sword placed on an anvil being hit with a hammer, only letting us know doom. Yeah, more doom. More doom. Uh, So, back on Earth, Thor uses uh uses his hammer to uh fend off any debris flying their way and uh bring the young lady safely to ground uh this panel is almost perfect because it looks like it wants to say crackle and there's a lot of kirby crackle going around fafner but it just says crack uh fafner's looking for thor thor shows up and and uh knocks fafner back a bit they have a quick little battle more or less, not so much quick, but in the meantime, we're told the last time, we're told about the last time Thor and Fafner battled in a quick little two panels. Um, but before you get too into the fight, we haven't seen Volstagg in a while, so it's time to catch up on that. Who's looking for Balder? And because he's at Balder's home, he's got to make sure that Balder's larder is stocked just in case. Any unexpected guests stop by, and and they need to be uh, fed. So, um, I'm Baldur's in your head. Um, but yeah, that's I'm here. Volstagg's here. I gotta get my grub on. Uh, Baldur's thinking ahead, realizing that his very good friend would stop by to check on him, see how he's doing, what's going on, how's things. Made sure the pantry was stocked, and. Uh, off he goes because he does not want to, he does not want to be found. He does not, uh, does not want to be bothered. He, he wants to be left alone. Um, he's got some things he's got to work out. And while he's doing that, uh, we are, um, we are shown that someone is watching him and, uh, Carnilla wants Baldur's soul. And, oh yeah. Carnilla and, and Carnilla uh, Dilla. that's it. Who's um who's hanging out? Queen of the, the Norns. Uh, Queen of the Norns, hanging out with Desaad's cousin Hag, and we <laughs> have. Um, well, she's telling us her um what she has plans. Uh, we come back to Thor, who is bringing down rain and lightning onto Fafner, uh, but. Odin's blood, a wall of water because Fafner has broken through the river and escaped. So um, Thor's doing his damnedest to um, fight off the rock coming their way and uh, he has to tunnel to safety and he, um, by the time he gets there uh, he is, uh, Fafner has long left. Um, But he uh, he he needs to, he, you know, Thor's doing his little, you know, post, post-battle recap, doing, doing a little uh, Monday morning tapes, and, and he's just um, 
contemplating, wondering what will happen the next time they meet, because I'm sure it won't be the last. While that's happening, Loki is um, watching Thor from afar, because he is, uh, he, Loki is in his castle, um, and, and is amused at Thor wearing a ponytail and uh, mm-hmm. helping himself to his own wine. And, and, and Loki likes the red, which as he should. Um, and, but basically he's ra- just saying I fucks with people cause I can. That's, 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 and that's at pretty this much time, it. at this point that that's all I thought of Loki that that's, he was not, it, it wasn't until, you know, I, I'm glad that, uh, he has been, He's not just, he's not the other side of the coin where Thor is concerned. He's not his Joker. He's, I mean, they are, they are stepbrothers, but it's, you know, Loki was kind of, and he's the reason why the Avengers are together, but Loki was never really super fleshed out in, in, uh, in around this time when I was reading it. So, um, I appreciate that they've done more with him in, in these, uh, in these later years, but I, I do like Walt's version of uh, of Loki here, and 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 he he definitely has as as we see in a couple issues to go. Um, it, it with just with just a smirk, with just a few lines, it, it, a few panels in an issue, um, you just you, Loki just really gets into your ass, and 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 Walt did that really really well. But this issue ends with. Um, Thor back in his civilian identity, uh, pulling Lorelei out of the, uh, the, the, the makeshift rock cocoon that he, uh, he, he set her up in, um, turns around and, uh, Jerry is there offering him the job because, uh, the battle ended up destroying the, the building that the uh, construction crew was building and, uh, they got to start all over again. So, so. Jarlson has a job. Uh, Lorelai comes too, and um, that is uh, that is pretty much it. But as we get to the last couple of panels, uh, Thor hears that uh, that that someone calling out to him, uh, and in the language of the Viking warriors who sailed under my protection all those years ago. So. Um, that leads us to the next issue, three forty-two. No, wait, wait, wait! One thing: the the panel where Fafnir's digging to mm-hmm. get out of his predicament. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful panel. The, uh, the it, it's it's like a, an exercise in minimalism. The light yeah. obliterates most of the detail. Mm-hmm. Walt Walt is so confident where he just uses just a you know the the barest of lines to you still get the the, the general form of Fafnir mm-hmm. but it's just a, amazing and monochromatic it's a great damn panel I, I love the hand going back and yeah and, and, and twisting too whipping in the back yes the twist I love that I I really like the way Walt draws hands um but that 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 is a great panel I, I like the tail. The back with the little whip. It's it's beautiful. Who's got three forty two? Three forty two, maybe my favorite issue in this run. Okay, I think so. Thor keeps hearing his name called, like like Dap said in the language of the Vikings. Um, 
meanwhile, beyond the fields, we know they're s- still hammering away at that 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 sword. Uh, the ravens enter the scene and are dealt some pretty serious damage mm. by this yep. this red skinned person, Smithy. Uh, we we eventually find out who this person is, but he's still a mystery at the end of the the ninth issue. So Thor finds a uh, caldera in Antarctica. He traces the, the the call to Antarctica. He finds this this caldera, and within it is the remnants of what looks to him like a Viking village. And uh, little huts and and roads and somebody's been cooking and it's pretty good, but it's a little warm. Somebody just deserted this not too long ago. Um, He finds a a Viking graveyard complete with the the monoliths, well, little stones set up. And uh, he goes into a a portal, an ornate Viking-themed portal, like a ram's head on the top of it. And he's put through the paces. There are defenses within this um, area that challenge even Thor. And and they have put to death warriors of lesser metal than Thor because he's finding dead bodies as he's going through the thing. Uh, spears come flying at him, rocks. There's, you know, uh, mechanical devices with, with claws on them that come down on him. There's uh vast distances he has to jump wind just like fire everything to test his metal to see if he's good enough to get to this end stage and and when he gets to the end stage there's a, a giant viking with a spear i challenge thee and and they throw down and thor easily bests the guy i mean it doesn't give him very much of a of a challenge takes his helmet off and he finds uh, an old, old Viking man, the last survivor of this this race of people. Um, Thor travels to the surface, and then the story's told, where uh, this this Viking just wanted to die a hero's death, so he picked a fight with whomever it was. Uh, strong enough to make it through this this labyrinth, so to speak. And uh, Thor says, "You know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill you. I I have plans for you. Your life is mine, and and you'll you'll learn about what I'm gonna do very very shortly." Mm-hmm. It's it's just a very touching issue where um, a man alone in what was once a we can assume a thriving civilization. He just wants to die. Mm-hmm. He's had too much. Just end my pitiful existence, please. But I'm not going to go out by just anyone. You know, I can kill myself or um, I could find someone to to do the job, but I want them to be the best, the absolute bravest and best and, and, and most formidable warriors to take me out, usher me into Valhalla. I I, I want to go a hero's death instead of, you know, he, what does he call it? A straw death, just this, this withering away, of uh, of of his his mortal form. So it's it, it's touching. It, it really is. There's there's a 
there's a, a humanity to this issue that I, I just love. Like this guy is just at the end of his rope. And he, he calls the God of Thunder, the best there is, to uh, end his life. It's sad. It's it's touching and it's both it's sad as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this might have been my my favorite single issue of these nine, because um, it is this little. It's cool that the Norse gods are a common part of the Marvel universe, but it's a world where so many magical things happen. This was a nice reminder of the true roots of the Norse gods which is that, you know, the people that the Vikings worshipped. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a rare it's a rare marriage of 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 real Norse mythology and why it exists with with the Marvel universe and I thought right. it was extremely well done. Well, Walt did his homework. Oh, well, sure, and then that's why I mean, look, Walt's never gotten over this subject. That's why he just did Ragnarok, right? right. With IDW. Right. I mean, yep. he loves this stuff. I think this is the most um, historical, mm-hmm. at least in this chunk that we've run, we, we've read. Uh, it's uh, again the graphics are impeccable. When uh, the 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 man looks up at uh, Thor and he's got this wistful kind of melancholy in his eyes, it's it's amazing. And one of the things I don't normally associate with Simonson is exhaustive detail, mm-hmm. at, at least not finely tuned, realistic detail. That mm-hmm. that face is is probably the most painfully realistic um, panel in, in the entire run. The nine issues that we've read, right? Look at the detail in that dude's face. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The eyebrows are up. Super bushy. Yeah, well, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the helmet. It got them all, <laughs> all messed up. Nah, this is a really, really special issue. But They're all special. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but Elif's story is not over. This is issue 343. Um, Elif is given one last chance at uh, taking that long ride to Valhalla. He helps Thor defeat Fafnir. Yes. He is the shield bearer. Basically a gimme. I don't think so. I'm kidding. No. Well, you know, <laughs> I, the uh, as as this issue contains the page where uh, Sif's um, Cloud Rider, the Sif's mount, enters the picture, along with Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. They they come into the picture from the boom tube. Oh, it's not a boom tube. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the reason why I say it's not a gimme is that the uh, Elif is augmented at one point where he feels the youthful, the vitality of youth in his veins again. And he's able to, to, to fend off the, the Fafnir's advances for a short period of time. But 
you know, time cannot be erased. He's an old man. And when he he wins the day for Thor, not augmented, but he finds it somewhere. He musters the strength. He He's hit by, what is it? Um, he's caught in a fiery blast. Nope, nope, nope. The uh, Fafnir swings his tail and whacks him off off the steed and he crashes and he kind of loses the 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 power the new power that thor gave him because he's he's all skinny again and he's looking old Mm -hmm. and he drags himself up with the his little spear and he's he's getting up on this rocky um outcropping and he peer he just he grabs the spear and uses the weight of his body he doesn't have the strength to throw it he uses the weight of his very body to plunge the spear. He pierces Fafnir's hide, and Fafnir mm-hmm. Fafnir smacks him, and that pretty yeah. much, yeah, that 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 does the deed. But Thor takes it upon himself to use this opportunity to take the hammer and smack the spear deeper into Fafnir, and that's what kills him. He would never have been able to do it. Thor wasn't making any headway with the sure. beast before uh elif pierced his hide so he does get that that warrior's death deservedly so because he did it without any kind of help any kind of magic he did it on his own and that that's the beauty of this this second issue but and and by the way that this is the issue with the aforementioned page of lorelei laying on her couch in the purple silk (laughs) lingerie Looking fine. Yeah, it is. All the women in his run look fine. Carnilla's fine. Yep. Strange headpieces, though. <laughs> I don't know. I like Sif's headpiece. Yeah. Carnilla's it stays on. Car- Carnilla's kind of is in the. I mean, she bought it at the same store that Hella got hers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And how did Hella those- how do those circles are they floating? The 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 two little over the discs on on each mm-hmm. side they they're floating. That's pretty damn cool. Yep. But the panel at the end, where uh, Elif rides uh, Sif's horse, that's amazing. You see Odin in the background, Gandalf the Grey, Odin. With the, the staff, and <laughs> yeah, it's just phenomenal. And it, the w- thing I love about this panel is the Cthulhu sound effect mm-hmm. is actually behind some of the buildings, right? Like it's yeah. that that was that sound effect's physical location was somewhere in that area. It's it's mm-hmm. in a physical space. I love it. It's so amazing. And we get you know. Um, Lorelai's not done with uh, Jarlson. No. In right. fact, she gonna give him a massage. Oh yeah! Drink this mead, fool. Yeah, it's all about the mead. Spanish fly up in there. Hey now, it comics they rarely get this good. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like. It's uh, the reason why I called it a magnum opus is we like to compare stuff, 
Mm-hmm. There are runs that are in the same league with this. Frank Miller's mm-hmm. Daredevil. Um, yeah, Byrne and, and uh, Claremont's X-Men, I think, are is very much on a, on a level with this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A very different thing, but... But as far at the as time, being, it was amazing. Yeah, but I'm talking extended runs, not like sure. six or twelve issues. This this right. this this is a chunk, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, the high that he reached with three forty three, three forty four. It's okay. It's an all right issue, but it's it it focuses on Balder, and I think the reason why. <laughs> 344 works so well is because the state of Balder in the previous seven issues, the pathetic descent of this mighty warrior warrior into overweight, um, recriminating, just woe is me, kind of emo Balder, that all gets flushed down the toilet. And it's all because of Loki. Loki pushes him over the edge. He, he does. Uh, as he's wont to do. Well, yeah. and and But the payoff wouldn't be so delicious if Simonson didn't hammer it home every issue that, you know, Baldur's a shadow of what he once mm-hmm. was. He's a pathetic wretch. Um, he's sulking in his own uh, self-pity. And... Then uh, Odin, smart, wise, uh, all-knowing Odin, picks Balder to deliver a message to Loki. And Balder's like, right. what? And he does that because Balder is known to be impeccably truthful and trustworthy. Right. But at the and same... also, but the problem is that Balder's like, first of all, Balder's taken a vow of, of, of peace, peace and love, but also... Loki killed Baldur, so Baldur's got issues with Loki. Yeah, he's like, really? You're going to send me to him? And, and Odin's like, yeah, you're the only man for the job because I know I can trust you, and Loki knows anything that comes out of your mouth is the truth. So yeah, yeah it's got to be you, my bud. So he, he sends him to deliver this message, and the journey's not easy. There's uh, Baldur's beset by much calamity. Seemingly sentient boulders that fling themselves at people and vines, and it it it, it mirrors the the labyrinth kind of that Thor had to work his way through two issues previously. Like I said, mm-hmm. there's 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 balance throughout this entire thing, and um, at one point, uh, Baldur's challenged by demons, and he won't kill them. And Loki's, what is wrong with you? Look at what you've become. The the demons usher Balder into Loki's throne room, and who's standing next to him but Melkith, the dark elf. And so Balder knows something's up. And uh, he's like, I, I, you, you got to read this. I got a message for you from uh, from Odin. And Loki's kind of like blowing it off. Eh, I don't think so. I I, I already I'm in bed with Melkith, and I I don't, I don't need any, any of you guys. Just it, it's not happening. And so the demons start 
to attack Balder. And they got him in a position where if he doesn't do something, he's going to die. And yet the message has, has not been delivered yet. Like he can't fail on his mission. You gotta listen to me. And again, Loki just brushes him off like, whatever, son. I, I got shit to do. And that's when Balder picks up his sword in order to, to save the mission and he just <clears throat> destroys all of the demons. All them demons. Just cuts them all to ribbons. And that's exactly what Loki was hoping for. Uh, when he confronts Balder with it, he gives him the scroll and he's like, you got to read this because everything hangs in the balance. Loki kind of just casually flings it over his shoulder. And he's like, y- you're, you're a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that I would ever waste my time on a message from my stepfather? Screw him. That's when he says, you know, I'm in bed with, with Malkith. And Balder just loses his shit and cuts off Loki's head. Yep. Uh, we don't see it. It's a neat way that, that Simonson did it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, he just separates. <laughs> Balder's livid. Yeah, he is. He got, so, the way the way Wall has his expression just between the eyes getting all small and then the grimace and and just fury. Yeah, he's in breaking his teeth face, in that panel. And his fat face. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Beautiful stroke, too. The sword stroke was great. Oh, it was awesome. Just f- separated that head from his neck. And uh, the uh, Queen of the Norns is, Carnilla's w- watching in because Baldur's her boy. Even though she wants his soul, I think she loves him. Mm. She's, she's, oh, yeah, she's, she's all about him. Yeah, she's, <coughs> she's, she's sweet on him. That's her boo. Uh, but Loki, come on, he's the trickster. He... Uh, is very difficult to kill. Mm-hmm. And the, the last page, Loki, uh, a headless Loki, reaches down, picks up his head. It's all dripping with shit. And uh, he's thinking while, he, while he's doing it, puts his head back on his neck, and he's like, come on, son. You're not going to kill me. Kill me? What a dick. <laughs> his dick. Yeah, I don't like a real buff Loki like this. I was just about to say it's it, it it's in the many incarnations of Loki, Simonson goes for the the, the like the most super heroic. Yeah. You know, he's huge. He's pretty big. And he's and big for big. for a, a dude that likes to evade um skirmishes and just keep himself out of harm's way, he's he's either working out a lot, which I don't see either, or he's so he's a god, maybe, you know, the 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 heroic proportions are something that is a given when you're a god. Like you don't Dude's even yoked. have you don't have to work at it. You just you. you well, considering are. he's also been a child and a woman, I think his physical form is malleable to say the least. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he envisions the way he wants to look. It could just very well be. Yeah. Yeah. And here hey, he it was won. the eighties. Maybe he was in a bathhouse phase. Hell no. <laughs> and and then we get to Jason's favorite issue of the run. Oh, 345. 345, yeah. 45. This is some strange, strange stuff. This is where the misstep started. See, nah, son. Are you kidding me? This is, I mean, it starts, we we start off with with, with Jerry Ordway's sister coming into, (laughs) being called into a doctor's room. 
and and she's a secretary. Miss Ordway. Another voluptuous young lass, by yeah, the way. Yeah, she's yes, busting through insane. those bonds. Look at that. Got a nice booty, and, too. You know, I'm and, thinking she's uh, kind of digging it a little bit. No. What? <laughs> she's being held in captive and tortured. What's the matter with you? Uh, it's Vince. Oh, my goodness. It's politician Vince. So we have... Uh, <laughs> she walks into the office, looking like Felicity Smoke, and she is grabbed from behind. And then bound and gagged with some uh, McBurgers and fries in the uh, in the foreground. Um, and what's interesting is that through all of this, we barely see Dr. Willis's face. Mm-hmm. And that always struck me odd, and, and only because it's like, you hear the word balloons covering his face, and she's all... And which is fine, because it's not... He's not the important part. Um, but it was almost like one of those things where would we ever get to see his face, at, at least in the first two pages as i'm concerned but uh but it's not a is, big reveal when we actually do because no, it's not somebody we know like, yeah right, right. Exactly. It, it's like if you know storm shadow finally took when, when he finally <laughs> takes off his mask um so the uh he he's feeding her he wants to feed her the fries and the burger she won't eat and i'm trying to figure out you know well, why the hell not but uh he forces her to take a bite of the burger and we have some uh, some cops trying out for uh, the the intro scene of, a, of an episode of Law and Order, and they hear someone screaming in the um, in, in the building they're walking by. So they break down the door, um, and they uh, they go past the reception the receptionist room uh, to be face to face with Doctor Willis, and um, who's a little. About? taken aback by you know why these two officers just barged into this office um they notice miss ordway's clothes um <laughs> pile of dust because the janitor told just them to see it's like hey that sweater you're holding up that that belongs to miss ordway i, I saw her come this morning <laughs> but i didn't see her leave so, he'll, he'll. so hey, well, that's that that's probable cause right there, son. All right, we're going to take you in. I don't like the looks of this. So, so Lenny and Green take Doctor Willis into into custody, and uh, we then cut to Central Park where um, Lorelai and Mister Yarlson are just enjoying the day. They decide to go on a uh, on a handsome carriage ride, and. Uh, she knows who he is. It's established that that she she's mm-hmm. she's through this this disguise. She knows he's Thor. He does not know that she is as guardian. So, which I found um, kind of strange. Well, I, yeah, Asgard's kind of big. He doesn't know everybody. He, you know, mm-hmm. Thor isn't the brightest bulb, dude. It's it's not like you know he's gonna he's gonna remember every woman that uh, lives on Asgard. Um, at least that's my justification for it. So we, we then cut to Dr. Willis in his jail cell, contemplating what's going on. Um, and uh, apparently Sheila Ordway was trouble. And um, his hindsight and all that, he's, he's thinking of, of alternative ways he could have handled that situation. Um, but uh, Officer Greer is stopping by the cell to ask if um, there's anything he needs. Um, Pam Greer shows up and, and she, um, mm-hmm. she's asking, you know, if there's anything I could do for you. 
um, I'll come back, hook you up. I'll grab you some grub, and and you know we'll see about getting you your 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 one phone call. Um, turns out she's on the phone. Officer Greer is on the phone because she, and it appears that Sheila, were in cahoots, and uh, we're not quite sure yet what hoots those were, but we cut to uh oh i'm so stupid what officer greer's name is rose and the one cop, greer. the one guy greer. calls her rosie rosie oh. greer yeah. mm-hmm. um <laughs> rosie comes back with some cookies for everybody and uh some milk and cookies she uh apparently they they, they really did a number on all the cops in the precinct um, because then those same cookies are then offered to Dr. Willis. Um, Greer says, you'll eat these and, and you'll be obedient. You'll tell us everything we need to know, or you won't eat them. You'll still tell us everything, you know, and um, it will just won't be as painless and, and uh, friendly if, if you, um, if you don't eat the cookies. So he, um, he's, and, and then she leaves. So it's typical Bond villain fashion right here. She's like, you know, eat the cookies. We'll be back in a little bit. We'll be back in two and two. So <laughs> two she, and two. she, she decides to, uh, leave him to it. We then cut to the late <laughs> afternoon of the law offices at Strother and Martin. Hi, Because <laughs> it's so silly. The law offices of Strother and Martin. Like it's so <laughs> It's so bizarre. He's hey man, he's got he's 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 got a story to tell. I know. Um and uh and and Martin is a uh I'm sorry, no, this is actually th- that that was the full report. So um Strother is going to um he he's he's familiar with what went on with the, he he knows Dr. Willis is in trouble. Um so he has to access his wall safe and uh open the q file mm. and it's uh and it's a day that he and his old friend eric both hoped um thought they wouldn't need to do but uh knew that um that one day might come and now it has so uh strother is going to obey eric's instructions to the letter and pray that he's not too late while that's happening we're back at boulder and who um, who has now believes that he's killed Loki. He is still hell-bent on just being left alone. Um, he wants to die now. He just, uh, it's probably the only way he can yeah, be he, left he wants, alone. This he is wants it. to I die. Just, I, and, 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 you know, he was forced to abandon his, his, uh, his, his vow. And, and it's just, it's like, you know, I, I, they, they want me. They just, they, they, I want them to not have me. I just, I need to, I got, I got to do what I got to do. So he, uh, he, and, uh, he, he takes Silverhoof to the edge of the desert and then lets Silverhoof go, go home. You serve me well. You don't deserve what I have coming to me. And, uh, just, you know, live free, go back to the Asgard. While Balder is wandering desert, where uh, as, which is great for Walt to do throughout this entire run, um, 
we just see somebody slightly sort of off panel and and uh who's thinking to himself and uh we'll have to wait and find out who this person might be because in the meantime we're back in new york at an apartment overlooking central park because lorelei has brought uh to her place and uh she is she is randy she is ready yeah she is just for reals and uh my man, you're also like, yeah, no, this is cool. I'm sure, you know, he's he's thinking about baseball and Rosie O'Donnell, and, and he's like, he's not trying to focus on anything major. But while she's trying to put the moves on him, we head over to Long Island, where the messenger from Strother and Martin heads back to the city after <laughs> dropping off the letter uh, to Roger. It's good old Roger. Roger and and man, how old, how old is Strother's friend Eric to have been to have Roger be this old? Yeah, seriously. And Eric is You're right. So, um, we uh, coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, on on the percolator with the, the yeah. with, on the table and everything. There's it's great. Molly Percolator. In the percolator. <laughs> yeah. So. While he's reading Dad's letter, um, he uh, helps himself to his gun and starts heading to New York City, heading towards the uh, L.I. Double R. And uh, mm-hmm. back at the jail cell, <laughs> what? <laughs> he takes the gun out of a closet, and it's all yep. tied up. But he cuts it out. Yep. It doesn't clean it. Just just nope. lo- loads it, <laughs> loads it up, because the gun hand. is going to function as well as it did when it was put in the box. And <laughs> puts it in his, this, oh, It's so much fun. And puts it in the belt, and then just, that's safe. And um, earlier when he was uh, force-feeding Miss Sheila Ordway, Dr. Willis dropped the fry. And uh, I know he said he'd pick it up later, which I guess he did after she turned to dust, because it was in his pocket in the jail cell. So he figured this was, this was his one chance. He's got one card left to play, throws the cookies out the window, which we see, we, we see them get thrown out through the, through the window of the cell, um, between the bars. And, and Greer comes back says, okay, well the cookies aren't here. So you must've eaten them yep. because I'm not a good detective cop. Yeah. Uh, yep. and, and, uh, he gets awfully close and, and he's ready and, and, and he's, 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 he's lures her in shoves the fry in her throat down down her gullet and she just blows up she blows the hell up she blows the hell up and all that's she left blows the hell up. Is dust and her clothes and the keys to get her out the of the cell yep i mm-hmm. got keys so he makes his way to the uh to the port authority hops on a bus because uh luckily greer had enough money yep in her pockets to, to cover bus fare. Um, he's on his way to Long Island because he's, uh, he's hoping to catch up with Roger so they can, <laughs> so we can still find out what the hell's, you know, what, what this is all about. Insane. And while he is wandering the streets of Roslyn, Long Island, headlights appear behind him, start chasing him down. But before we can get too far into that, we got to go back to see if uh, Lorelai's been successful while she's been, you know, backing that ass up in some girl's mm-hmm. face. She's going to go get into something more comfortable. 
Yarlson's going to be all all uh, boyishly coy. He decides to call Jarvis. See if he's got any messages for him. And uh, there is one from uh, one from a lawyer actually, and uh, you know who's, who just happens to be a, a Mister Strother Esquire. And Thor is kind of shocked, surprised, taken aback by the message. Um, and it, this was great because he's just like. That's great, thank you. And he says uh, he turns around real quick and almost knocks Melody over. Uh, tells her that I gotta go. See, I must see a lawyer about a will. And he is such he's such a dude because even even when he's leaving, he's still thinking. I can't believe I just said that. It's so stupid. It's like I gotta yep. just. I like. It's like we've been there, man. Don't worry about it. He um, and I love that as much as you love the panel of after events. I, I like the panel of. Uh, of of your else and turning into Thor, um, up up and away, heading to the lawyer's office. We're back in Long Island. Willis is trying to evade the uh, the cars. There's more than one now gaining on him. He uh, he he tries to fight the guys off because they they've got him trapped in a field. Um, they get out of the cars. They they start going after him. He um, he does what he can. While he's uh, trying to get away from them, another car comes speeding up, says, get in, mister. And uh, he does. Hops in her car and drives off. And, you know, you would think somebody who's been all, all careful throughout this entire series of events that, that he wouldn't just hop into a stranger's car. But, hey, you know, he's... he's he needs an opportunity. A, oh, she was it. Yes. But he's out of fries. So I don't know what he was going to do if he mm-hmm. was going to get caught. But um, Thor shows up at Strother's office. There's the old Spidey thing helps him himself through the window. And that bottom panel is the one I was talking about that just looked a little off. But um, with with the and Thor is just he wants to know about Malachi the Accursed because it's 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 much bigger than the rest of the words. But before we can find out what the lawyer wants to tell, I'm sorry, what, what Mr. Strother Esquire wants to tell Thor. We're back on the uh, in Roslyn on the freeway of love with uh, with Angel and uh, Eric Willis and um, see now I I know that Strother was talking about Eric but man Eric is awfully young and and that that's why I wanted to keep reading because I want to remember you know what exactly everybody's relationship was but in any case. Um, the music, he, he's feeling it. He's 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 feeling pretty good. Um, he and Angel have a nice little conversation, uh, but she um, he basically kind of uh, got got rope doped, and and he is willing to tell her everything she wants to know, and everything that he's been trying to avoid. Um, he pretty much can't avoid it any longer. We get a nice little interlude with the sheathless sword that is finally finished. The anvil's work is done, and to prove that point, I'm going to destroy it. And um, the uh, the sword and its and its smith have um, appeared for this episode with a final doom before we wrap up. And uh, turns out that Angel wasn't exactly who she appeared to be. 
she was actually Malekith the Accursed, who now knows what he needs to know, and he shall be off to find uh, what he needs to uh, what he needs to find, and and uh, the wild hunt will continue in issue three forty six. But this was a um, I, I I I enjoyed this issue a lot, but it was so strange. This, it was, it was so, and and which is probably why I, I liked it at the time and still do because it's just a, after all the Asgardian stuff, it was just like okay, well now, you know, we're back in the now now we're kind of sort of in the Marvel universe. This is New York, and 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 there's other things going on, and and we're getting some supporting characters that, uh, and things are just we're 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 all we're on the same page. We're not we're we're we're, we're all figuring it out. At the same time, no, no one's got the leg up because even at the end of the issue, it's just confused, bewildered, afraid to eat a McBurger again. Don't be. It all will be explained next issue. And uh, yeah, I, I just I, this was I, I thought it was a nice way to to end the, the book of the month, at least. But uh, I, and, and, and it still looked great, but it was still. Yeah. Like, like you said, it was strange. Yeah. It's unlike anything that came before. It's true. It's yeah. true. And how big of a dope is Thor? Because he's he's with Lorelai, aka Melody, with an eye, and she is flinging it at him. She goes off panel to change into something more comfortable. She's she's all exposed when he comes when he's on the phone, and he just he's not taking the bait. No, it's correct. Like, what is up with Thor? Yeah. Well. Honestly, Thor is. <laughs> I've. This has, like I say, this has happened to me. But unless I've I've been in situations where because I I don't pick up clues very well, you you pretty much have to answer a door in nothing but a football jersey, wearing nothing else, and and I might pick up the hint and wow. and. Yeah, but Thor is this young, strapping god of, uh, who's 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 presumably um, bedded been a good yes. chunk of Asgard, yes. right? Right. But I guess I mean, Duke's not just coming out of the shell. Different with um, when when you're surrounded by women that you know live the same kind of lifestyle you do, as opposed to to civilian Midgardians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So an absolute triumphant masterpiece, something that holds up. I mean, it was as enjoyable to read, uh, you know, 30 years later as it uh, was when it first came out. That's true. Yes. And I, I uh, things were revealed this, this uh, I don't know how many times I've read this, but uh, be, maybe in hindsight, uh, when I originally read this, much younger, mm-hmm. and now a little more experience, a little more age. Under my belt, it just seems to all click. It seems mm-hmm. like a, it. It sounds goofy, but I don't think anyone could have done this. But Simonson, that's how singular mm-hmm. a vision this is. I mean, for better or worse. Now you don't think three forty five is all that great, but I, I do believe. Well, I mean, just on a relative basis, it's right. not a bad issue. Yeah. No, no, but it's it's part of the the, the entire package. It's mm-hmm. Walt's head just split wide open all that creativity just bleh, gushing onto the page excuse me yeah it's a great great work if you haven't read it my goodness people get thee mm. to a 
uh, book bindery and uh, mm-hmm. and pick yourself up a copy or two. It's just amazing. That was a stretch, my friends. Mm. Oh, but it was great. Yeah, it was great. If you're I want listen. If the listeners are going to uh, give us nine issues to read instead of uh, four, four or six, then uh, they pick. They, this is the this is the right, right way to go about it. I think. Yes. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And we'll, go ahead. Give us nine more of this next time. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, right. No. It's, it's, uh, no, no, but no. we will so be um, we will be announcing the uh, the nominees. Your, your your next eleven choices for the December book of the month. We have the Google form that's still up and running that uh, people have been adding to. We're up to um, I don't know how many might be duplicates off the top of my head, but but we have uh, close to a hundred suggestions. Some of them though really aren't um, going to happen because I, I don't see us reading all six volumes of Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Hailed to the gnaw. Exactly. So you know, um, but. We will we'll, we'll have that poll up um, hopefully before the end of the weekend. You know, Dap is always good for riding that poll. <laughs> Do what I can, man. I gotta keep throwing them singles at me. So we have the uh, we have that coming. But I also will take this time to announce <laughs> our listeners finally came together, uh, came together and chose the topic. For our theme episode, the patrons' pick for our upcoming theme episode is our top ten desert island books. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I got to get to thinking. I mean, we've we've talked about probably most of them over the years, mm-hmm. but maybe not in any great detail. But I mean, like, I mean, I I know, I'm sure somewhere in those ten, Vince will have. DKR, you know, they, they, they any, are, any rules like, DK like, too. Does it, I don't, you know what? I don't, I, I don't, as far as I know. Okay. Let me see. Like could it, Vince say the entire run of commandy or does it have to be something that's officially been collected? Uh, I don't even think it's like single. Like, like with the, like with the Thor Simon's straight. omnibus count. Let's see. There was a, uh, ba, 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 ba. there was, the only um, they did break down some of what they were kind of looking for, uh, but then they the guys kind of just um, threw out like one line elevator pitch type things. Uh, the um, the one actually because you you created the. The thread the first time, Jason. But there was, um, I mean, some of the other options were were pretty interesting. Uh, not too many. I don't know would have been entertaining episodes. There was one about you know what 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 games do you like to play? And and you know we're not. Um, I know we could probably riff on that for a little while, but I don't know if um, how interesting that would be. Uh, but we have, um, let's see, they said, this is crazy, why does it take so long to pull up? Because um, I believe it was John O'Neill who originally came up with the um, with the Desert Island topic. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, I'd like an episode 
discuss their top 10 Desert Island books. So after hearing this episode, people, uh, let us know if there are any um, rules or qualifiers. Is it is it just, you know, is it is it 10 of one particular? Like, can it just be one Batman story, one X-Men story, or can it be, you know, as many volumes of Claremont's X-Men as, as we can carry. I, I, but I'm going about it with the way I started thinking about it already. Um, were like runs like born again would be one of mine and which is no surprise to anybody, but I mean that I don't, unless they said, no, it can only be just one daredevil issue. So I don't, so I was kind of already thinking about it going in one direction, but since you mentioned it, Jason, if, if they do have actual, um rules for it then 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 i'm open to, to hearing what they are cool yeah i just you know i figured i mean if i interpreted it, it would be like if we're going to be fair it has to be something that is in collected form right or i mean you could pick an issue but like you can't that's what i'm saying i couldn't be like all right i'll take all of burn claremont x-men right like i could take like three you could take Claremont thirty-seven. No, no, I could take like the three Claremont X Men omnibus, but that'd be three. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. No. No. I got you. That, that's how I would seem, but I, I want to double check to make sure we're we're giving them what they want. There mm-hmm. you go. I like it. All right, you people. This episode, as usual, has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get your stuff, get it cheap, goods delivered right to your door for a fraction of the price. I don't have an in your travels. Wait, yeah. pardon me? GTFO. No. Wait, what? I don't. I don't. Because I devoted all my, my time and energy to this my store. My dude. I don't. I don't have one. Pick one up. Uh. Jesus. Yeah, in um, in your travels, do not read Dynamite's uh, Sheena of the Jungle. Mm. Wow, because because it has gone from a really pretty book uh, illustrated by Moritat to an exercise in repetitiveness. It's the same. Yeah, it's, not it's the same thing okay. every issue. Sheena Jump, like all, like Sheena all IDW, Twist. Like all IDW books. No, that's yeah. untrue. That's untrue. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not something I want to keep investing in. So don't read Sheena of the Jungle. Okay. I'll tell them something they should read if they haven't, although some of the people on our Facebook group page already have because they agree with me. But in your travels, something that will most likely be on my eleven o'clock call, on my eleven o'clockers, which you should be voting on because Jason has made the uh, the, the the survey is available. The, the you form is available, skippy. and you can also access it from eleven o'clock comics dot com. There's the uh, there's the link right in the um, in the header bar. I'll take you right to it, or you can just yeah. You can also vote through through the site, and and the form is embedded there. But in your travels, get to the shop if you didn't. Order this, uh, or if you're still waiting for it from DCBS, Batman Annual Number Two, written by Tom King. Art, for the most part, Lee Weeks and Betty Brightweiser. Uh, the last few pages are by Michael Lark and June Chung. This is um, 
This is a Batman and Catwoman story from their early days to their final days. And the Tom does some pretty slick story. To, I mean, his Batman run has been, but in this issue, uh, the, the wordplay and the flirting and, and the reason why uh, they do the things they do to, for, with each other. It, it's it, basically Selena was helping Bruce. She, 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 Catwoman was, was helping Batman be better because he was basically just a rich dude playing this part of of dressing up and and he wasn't she he wasn't all he could be and she wanted to make him better and uh she she actually broke into um his uh his safe and there were um basically there were four um there there was he had he had redundancies in place and they were all pretty much easy to crack. And then she came across the fifth redundancy. And um, the the he, the safe was hidden very well. Um, but let's see what's so important that this this safe be hidden so well. I need to find out what you have in it. And there is a single, rather scratched pearl. And she wants to know why. And, and he tells her it was his mother's. And they, they have a short little conversation before she um, does the dip on him again. And, and again, it, this was all delivered on her part because she just cares. And, and uh, once we find out... Um, or once they kind of uh, come to an agreement with each other, and and because she's left, she left him clues. She left him souvenirs every time she uh, she broke into the mansion, um, and Batman was able to figure out where she actually lives based on those souvenirs. Um, so they were kind of helping each other, but we. Um, the, the last few pages deal with the future and a, um, and a much older uh, and married with children, Bruce and Selena, and, and they're at a doctor's office and um, it's not really good news. And, and the issue, the issue ends with um, it's that there's, I was going to say there's some ups and downs, but there it's, it's, it's kind of a somber. There are too many, Funny laugh out loud moments in this issue. Alfred is a great. Um, he 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 lightens the mood, but for the most part, it's not a. Uh, it's not one of your traditional happy-go-lucky Batman stories. But it is it is beautifully drawn. It is a it, it is a sight, and it is um it it's Tom doing his best, uh, doing what Tom does best, and 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 he has such a handle. On Batman, that it's uh, it's it's not even funny. I um, yeah, this was just a great issue. 
Nice. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard good things from you and many others. Nice. So, in your travels, I have been a uh, an unabashed uh, proponent of what uh, Jimmy and Amanda have been doing with Harley Quinn. To my mind, it's uh, it's one of the best, uh, most consistent comics that's. Uh, the big two are putting out for the last few years, and it's easily the best comedic comic that's out there. Um, but I, on my little vacation over Thanksgiving week, uh, had grabbed a bunch of stuff off my regime pile. And one of the things I grabbed was the trade collection of Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys, which was a mini series that came out in 2016 in conjunction uh, with the uh, regular ongoing series. And uh, it was a freaking hoot. It was written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti uh, and Frank Thierry. Um, and the art was by Alain Morissette, who did the pencils and inks. Hi-Fi designed the colors. Um, if you're reading the regular Harley book, you're familiar with these characters. In essence, it is a group of Harley um, analogs that uh, are slightly different and they all come to join up with her. And in this series, she is not sure if they're um, living up to the hype. So she, with some of her other regular cohorts fakes a kidnapping. She fakes herself being kidnapped with the idea that they'll, the the gang of Harleys will get off their asses and rescue her and, and, or not and prove their mettle to her. Um, but unfortunately for Harley, the fake kidnapping turned into a real kidnapping. And then the mystery ensues. Um, and for those wondering who are the gang of Harleys, there is um, there's Bali Quinn, who is uh, in, in, uh, an Indian, a young Indian girl uh, named Shona Chowdhury. There is... Um, uh, Carly Quinn, who is a uh, a, uh, a Latina from uh, Coney Island. There is uh, Holly Quinn. Um, there is uh, Hanu Quinn, who's a, a, a Jewish girl, and she's actually um, uh, one of uh, one of the ongoing characters. Um, granddaughter, Cyborgman's granddaughter. Um, there's Harlem Harley, who's uh, an African-American uh, woman with uh, Afro puffs that uh, is part of the crew. There's Harley Queens and then Harvey Quinn, who is um, a male um, flame, uh, LGBT, uh, well, I guess a, a gay male, um, scantily clad uh, Harley acolyte. And uh, they're all as, as quirky as all of the rest of our sporting cast. And, and they go on this adventure and uh, a f- a fight a big bad named Harley Sin, who is a sadistic version of Harley. And we get into uh, Harley Sin's background. Basically, she's a spurned member of the group. And as a result, she uh, wants to get revenge. She's very reminiscent uh, of Arcade in the Marvel U, where she has a, a it's not a murder world, but it's like a murder island. And she brings them there. Um, and as with all things Harley Harley Quinn, when Jimmy and Amanda are involved, it's just completely over the top. 
it's zany. You, you can't go in. It's, you can't take it seriously. It's just it's just stupid, dumb, you know, fun. It's 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 a mashup of of, of titillation, um, '80s action, and and silly, over the top, uh, on the nose humor. And uh, it's it's just it, the six issues is perfectly seamlessly intertwined with the ongoing um, series in terms of quality and, and the level of cartooning. Um, Alan Morissette's art is fantastic. It's very much in the same vein. They've done an excellent job throughout all of this run of, of picking artists that uh, don't necessarily have carbon copy clones of Amanda's work, but are all in the, the same kind of style, you know, a little bit cheesecakey, but, but mm-hmm. not for the sake of it. Um, and Morissette fits right in. So he's, you know, he's right in there with, uh, with the, the, the others that uh, like Tim's and um, uh, you know, and the, the, people who have been regulars in the main book. So yeah, it's terrific. So, uh, and it's, it was, it was one and done. I mean, I don't see another series of this coming out. I think that the story had a beginning, middle and end. It ran its course. And uh, now Harley's moved on to other things. So uh, Harley Quinn and her gang of Harley's. Um, and if you're an issues fan, you, you can find these six issues uh, on the cheap at, uh, at your next con, or you can buy the trade. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. All right, everybody. We thank you for being here with us once again. You got to come back to, uh, you know. In the meantime, say good night, David. Hmm. 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 Good night. Hmm. David. A little quick, but that's cool. Yeah, we'll give it to you. Premature, it, it premature. A little bit, mm. a little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. he. <laughs> oh my goodness! Two tree, two tree prematures. A little bit. Thank you, my friends, for being here. Come back. We'll be waiting for you. Say bye. I did. I'll just say it again. God. Bye.